deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for Laps fans. I am your host, Zizi. And I'm Liz. And Liz, we've we have had two weeks away from harry potter yes it's been two weeks since we read the book (laughs) can't think of anything else but all i know about that song is he talks about sailor moon in it yeah yeah um we've had two weeks off uh how how just just before we get into our news and 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 get into the chapter i just kind of want to do like a, a little like logistical check-in here oh sure how much did reading this chapter after after our break um feel like uh stepping out into the middle of the freeway and uh uh, how much of that was because of the chapter and how much of that was just like being away from harry potter for a couple of weeks i don't know i like sort of had to go back i read a few pages of the uh previous chapter to kind of remember where we were where we were at but it was sort of you know it felt like um, stepping out of a dark movie theater into like the midday sun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, that's a really good way to put it, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, or or I guess kind of the opposite for me, maybe, of, of like being outside, you know, outside of the theater in the nice sun for a long time mm. and then going and getting your, your brain like slapped around by like a Transformers movie or something. Yeah, I think that's also, like, captures sort of the grimy feel, is, like, going and seeing a, like, shitty movie <laughs> on, like, a beautiful summer day, and you go in there, <laughs> and you sit down, and you're, like, you're, the arms of your chair are a little sticky, and it's, like, dark, and, <laughs> and there's a bunch of kids, and they're all watching, like, Transformers Dark Side of the Moon, it sucks ass, yeah, yeah. So yeah. sort of like that. Yeah, it's just loud. It's just really, really loud the whole yeah, time. Yeah, but I think that there's also the other side of it, which is stepping out of the theater. It's, you know, 3 p.m. Yeah. And you just feel gross. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. You have, like, a little bit of a headache. <laughs> right, So yeah. So good. It, it's, all, it's all going good. Everything everything's going great uh-huh. yeah i mean it was i mean it was certainly it's certainly been an uneventful couple of weeks um mm-hmm. not not much happening in the world out there oh yeah 2021 hey 2020 is in the past 2021 normal, normal. everything's gonna be normal it's normal it's normal um but yeah no i i definitely had just like a moment of like coming back and having to adjust like oh right yeah i've got to read i've got to read my chapter i've got to do my notes uh i've gotta get up you know just 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 like like getting back into that routine Mm -hmm. um, with this chapter i think in particular was just uh a treat i will say i I had like a failed attempt to read it oh yeah i like got through the first page and it just like (laughs) how early did you start like did you was it did you do everything yesterday or did you like kind of ramp up (laughs) (laughs) my my failed attempt was um i think on monday and then okay. i and yeah. then i i actually read it um for real uh yesterday yeah i tr- I tried to get everything done monday and i think i got like halfway through the chapter on monday and then i was like this is well i think specifically it was less that i was like this is too much more that i was reading it on monday and then i was like there is so much happening in this 
I'm not going to be able to talk about it if I haven't read it like fresh. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like before we talk about it and kind of plan out what we're, you know, what our thoughts on on the chapter are before the episode. I was like, I need, I need to have that incredibly that that the Ram needs to be flushed. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just need only Harry Potter in there to talk about it because it is, <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, I've gotten a lot of so I I've been we've been getting some replies over the last couple of weeks that w- in retrospect were are very ominous or like I should have I should have read as ominous cuz we we did our our last episode where we were mm-hmm. like wow this this chapter is really nuts so um <laughs> it's like it, it, what a treat it's all going to be downhill from here probably it was kind of, that's kind of what I was thinking at least like like this is you know, obviously the rest is still going to be very silly and a lot of fun to dissect. But like this is that 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 last chapter, I was like, this is probably like the peak, right? Um, mm-hmm. Little did I know, and apparently a lot of people did know because we were getting a lot of replies saying like, I can't wait for you to get to next week's chapter. I can't wait for you to get to the sacking of Tether of Snape chapter. Uh, uh, you know, like Godspeed on the next chapter. Just just a lot of a lot of comments that like I didn't really didn't really register with me as anything at the time and now i'm like i understand because if you're if you i guess if you're familiar with this book this is this might be the most infamous chapter it's an escalation i didn't believe possible right because the last chapter was like totally absolutely out there right like it was really really something yeah um and and to get here and for have it to continue escalate but also in different ways right like it is this is like this is like the last chapter was still very very um strange and and uh, uh ridiculous and just full of full of like fun little details that felt like they were written for us you mm-hmm. know like it felt like a treat last 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 chapter it was like, oh, this is this is like almost like a victory lap for the show because like, the, like every nearly every like running joke in this book has like reappeared here. Um, this chapter feels like antagonistic to me. This is like <laughs> this is like the 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 uh, the opposite side of of last week's chapter where it's like no, this chapter is like designed to just just make me hurt. This was pain. It was it was very uh uh spiky and 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 uh difficult to read because i was just like this is uh gnarly they, they, yeah a, a wild one to come back to after a break that's for sure yeah it, it definitely feels um sort of ominous obviously we don't have very many chapters left we're we're coming up on the end here yeah um which is uh, like hard to even think about like that we've been doing this for so long Mm -hmm. and here we are we're we're in the final stretch uh can see the finish line definitely Mm -hmm. um and i think that last chapter started what feels like a stepping through a portal into (laughs) a surreal world that i assume (laughs) is just going to continue until this one closes out with the epilogue which is i i yeah I we've said it before. I just like this book. I never in a million years thought it was going to be like this. No, I yeah, I I went into this book with like the utmost charity. It is kind of like was my position because I was like, it's the one I've only read it once. 
more than a decade ago at this point. I have so little memory. I was such a different person when I read it. Like maybe, maybe it'll actually be good. Maybe, or, or at least like, um, you know, we'll, we'll have something interesting to chew on. And I guess it did, but not in the way I was expecting. Um, yeah. Uh, so what a, what, what fortuitous timing, I'll say. Just, just <laughs> I think the impact of this chapter hitting right after our break uh was just like a little just a little extra something on top of an already mm-hmm. very funny experience um, yeah but before we get into the chapter itself i do have a little bit of news for us um not much happened while we were off um you know obviously it was it was the holidays so you know not much like entertainment news happening but there are a couple of rumors flying around mm. um there was an interview with Rupert Grint where he was asked if he would ever reprise the role of Ron Weasley. And he said, oh, you know, never say never. Like, I, you know, I would, you know. Normal actor answer. Yes. Yeah, very com- bog standard normal it's actor It's like, unless answer. you're Harrison Ford being asked about Han Solo. <laughs> like, that's yeah, like no. the, ac- that's the answer you're going to get from every actor. Yeah, the, t- the two guys who will say no if you ask them if they're going to play a character again are Harrison Ford uh and um daniel uh not daniel uh, uh, daniel craig and <laughs> yeah. d- and both of them lie about that was daniel craig said before doing specter i think yeah that he would rather shoot himself in the foot and pour like bleach on it or something <laughs> before being yeah. james bond again and then he did it he's done it twice since so right so, but yeah but th- those are those are the exceptions to the rule mm-hmm. never say never is like the normal pr answer yeah but this dovetailed with another set of rumors mm-hmm. um which is that and i i you know this is this i really 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 am taking this with like the tiniest pinch of salt here um because it's you know it's only appearing on like rumor mill websites right so like a big pinch of salt you mean oh a big pinch of salt yes (laughs) yes i'm sorry i forgot how the aphorism works (laughs) big a big truck of salt uh um uh saying that uh daniel radcliffe and the rest of the harry potter cast are reportedly in talks to return for a new film this is from we got this covered which is you know like i said a a rumor mill entertainment side they've gotten some stuff right before i think they've gotten a lot of stuff wrong before um but they and a lot of other sites are talking about how um well, you know, they might be doing a Harry Potter movie with 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 the main cast, but Daniel Radcliffe, he doesn't like J.K. Rowling, so maybe it won't happen. But also, uh, 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 Rupert Grint is maybe teasing that he'll come back. And it's it's I think it is like this is a weird combo where I think if either one of these rumors had happened independently, I might not have even included them in our news segment. Right. Just because it's like people are saying this all the time. Um but I, I, I think what is interesting and worth talking about here is less so, like, the feasibility of this, which I think is quite low, but more the, like, how funny it is when, like, these things happen at the same time and these websites kind of have to weave these contradicting rumors and stories together. Mm-hmm. Because the big thing for a long time was that, like, no, this is never going to happen because Daniel Radcliffe doesn't like J.K. Rowling, but there are now 
other sites saying like, oh, you know, they're in talks and maybe JK Rowling won't be involved at all. And like, they're, they're having to, and like, it, it is getting so specific where I'm like, well, if they're doing this much work on this rumor, maybe there is something to it, but I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm leaning towards this is not happening. Yeah. I think that this, like, this rumor specifically is so fueled also by the sort of, well, duh aspect. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, this is a cold I, read for sure. <laughs> right. I like, I, I think that like we are in the, wi- the nostalgia window for Absolutely. Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, obviously it's, you know, uh, 2000s movies and now it's, you know, tw- the, the 2020s. So mm-hmm. like, it makes sense that, mm-hmm. that now would be the time that they would try to cash in on that. Yeah. Um, they've got some complicating factors with this one. Uh, yes. but I, but I also, I've got to, I've got to think that they've got dollar signs in their eyes when they see how well Cursed Child does. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they've got a lot of logistical and, like, ethical problems with this, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. like, the one thing, though, that sticks out to me, and, like, this this is, you know, setting aside all the shit with J.K. Rowling for a second, I think it is weird to see these rumors flying around when like we are getting another harry potter movie it's fantastic beast three and there's going to be two more of those supposedly and i'm curious how how do they slot that in there because presumably like again not even jk rowling's involvement like um steve clovis's involvement right like the one guy who has like consistently been like the good harry potter screenwriter who is busy with fixing fantastic beasts now he's gonna be busy with those if those are still happening so are they like are they ramping up to start doing a like marvel like disney star wars style thing where they're gonna start having like multiple people working on different harry potter things in different teams are they hoping that like they can kind of like put fantastic beasts out have it there and just not make those two sequels and do this instead like if this is real i feel like there's some interesting like what's what's their level of buy-in here to harry potter i guess Hmm um i'm i'm curious because like you know is is this is there feasibly a situation where much like how like three marvel movies come come out a year would would there be like oh uh in in you know around christmas time a fantastic beast movie is coming out and in the summer a like daniel radcliffe harry potter movie is coming out like is that a situation they're like maybe hoping for i don't know like that seems I, I think that there's something to that and I yeah. think there is something to um and I'm sorry this is very depressing but um <laughs> I, I think that like if they have brand worries about Harry Potter and about the the like issues with JK Rowling there's sort of two ways you can go with that right and it's like you can stop working with her mm-hmm. stop making Harry Potter mm-hmm. or you can sort of like oversaturate yeah. everything right yeah. and then it just becomes culture it's already stuck in that situation it's already, but yeah. like if you're making like five movies a year or whatever marvel does like there's a point where the majority of audiences shrug their shoulders and they're like well this is culture now like yeah. like it or not yeah 
you know, I, I, I hate Marvel movies. I do not enjoy them. They are like, <laughs> like my fave, the ones that I'm like begrudgingly like, oh yeah, that was pretty fun is like a six at best for me. And yet, and yet I've seen like five of them. Yeah. 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 That, that is, that is a point. Like this is, this could be very consciously their response to the JK Rowling thing, because it kind of, it kind of does two things at once, right? It, it does what you say, like it, it saturates things to the point where you're, I mean, you're just browbeating everyone into like, no, this, you know, this is your pop culture, like accept this, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, there's you can't make it go away. So you, you can't just make... have to like find your enjoyment out of it. Yeah. Which suckers. is, which is where Harry Potter already is. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, not it's already positioned to be that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is the, that not, not only like, is that how I view Harry Potter from a critical perspective that is the point that like a lot of people who are still consider themselves like died in the wolf fans consider it right like mm-hmm. you know q 50 million articles per week about like he i'm a harry potter fan and here's how you can still like it thing right, right. like right that is just that is, that is kind of just like the accepted cultural sta- uh, 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 position it has um but the other thing it does and this is the like one may it's it's not like to be clear i'm not saying this is like the honorable thing to do but it is like 1.101 percent more honorable than the other reason to be <laughs> oversaturating which is that like the they probably because of these controversies have a level of leverage over jk rowling now that they can you know they they, they can go okay you don't get to call the shots on this anymore. We are going to make some more Harry Potter movies and movies set in the wizarding world that you don't get to be a part of. And, and which is the thing that I think, you know, I think is like outside of just forgetting Harry Potter exists, which is like, doesn't that not going to happen. Right. Like that, that's just not how culture works. Um, uh, is like, you know that's that's like maybe the dream scenario for for fans at least is like you know can i can i get some sort of relatively guilt-free version of harry potter where she's not involved i'm like yeah i liked i liked harry potter when so-and-so took over you know like (laughs) like right like oh i like the ryan johnson harry potter movies um this is so dark i hate it it is really dark but like that is that is i think for a lot of people that is like the desired solution to this right is like to to not have to worry about it and to not have to engage with it critically but Mm -hmm. um um yeah i don't know i i i i just i i also think you know conjuring all of those dark thoughts up and then and then maybe this will like blow them away a little bit i um i also think that perhaps this is probably just bullshit and like i think that fantastic beast has been such a money sink and a pr disaster that like you know on the one end making more harry potter movies kind of like draws the spotlight away from that but on the other hand i think maybe maybe they just want to be done with it you know like like yeah just 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 until until jk rowling you know parodies or or like you know takes her ball and goes home um they can they they'll they will 
make the bare minimum amount of money from it but like maybe i just just putting putting especially looking at like how film production is right now how fraught it is and how much of a problem wb has had keeping its tentpole movies going in covid mm-hmm. like fantastic beast has restarted filming uh a bunch of times um Robert Pattinson got COVID and they had to like halt the Batman movie that was supposed yeah. to be like their big thing, right? Like like I I'm I'm wondering if like the logistics of making movies right now are such that you know, doing the like oversaturation thing it, it like just like is not feasible. Um Yeah, it might not be. Um there's the third dark path here, the even darker path. Mm. which is uh the, the these rumors are well, like you say kind of a cold read right like yeah. yeah they will probably cash in on harry potter again um uh but it's gonna be tv and not movies <laughs> why is why is that darker what, what is our cw show i well because it's not gonna be the cw show what right? if it was the cw show <laughs> was if it was the cw show is the light path that's the light side that path. is the, it's light the paragon path. path if we get if we get the cw hogwarts eighth year show yeah that that is that is the the best possible outcome <laughs> i guess that's true <laughs> but yeah i just i um I just I say that's dark because that just means that's so much more content right that's just like endless harry potter forever 10 yeah i mean not star wars the 11 seasons of hbo harry potter uh (laughs) that that person on reddit wanted a few weeks ago yeah i was i had a lot of fun doing our best of editing Uh uh-huh um and i'm sad you know because i i like i limited myself to an hour because i was like it's a clip show i don't want it to overstay its welcome i've just got to choose the best of the best but there were some moments uh that so a lot of stuff that people uh, recommended or asked for that I wasn't able to fit in there. And then e- even a couple when I was just like poking around looking for stuff myself, mm-hmm. uh, stuff I was like, oh, this is really fucking good. I wish I wish I had room for this. And and that was one of them. The like that huge Reddit post that person wrote about their plan for like <laughs> 11 seasons of the Marauders show that then secretly pivots into being a full reboot of the books because it's because it's gonna take twelve years to make, and the actors right. will be old enough by the time. It's so funny. Yeah, they should do one of those. Like, uh, <laughs> what was that movie that like was filmed over like ten years? Oh, boyhood. Showing- yeah, they should do that, but for Harry Potter. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> that would- I mean, that basically is what they did up to a point, right? Yeah, like, I guess so. That's more or less what happened. I am the boy. I am the boy. I'm. I did put that one in there. I know that, that had to go in there. I I I listened to it again, and that's an old timer. <laughs> I am the boy. I am the boy. Oh, incredible! For all uh, I know, that's gonna be in this goddamn book. He's gonna he's gonna step out and face Voldemort and say, "I am the boy." Yeah, is that is that going to be a line? That's kind I- of the vibe I'm getting. Oh, <laughs> uh, that would be yeah. M- maybe. That that would be the best thing is if 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 it was like a reference that well it couldn't be because it was a prediction. Was say, it was a it, prophecy. If it's a prophecy, yeah, then he's going to say, "Tom, I am the boy." 
the uh the the websites that have this like Daniel Radcliffe rumor um and and the 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 like cast reunion rumors are very funny. There was one that I found here which I'd never seen before and like this they they ran this article. It was pretty like out of all the ones that I read, it was quite a like uh like well reasoned it was one that like like recognized all of the pieces right and wrote all about mm-hmm. it but mm-hmm. the the sidebar has some of the funniest because it, 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 it this was in their opinions column yeah and it was linked to all the other opinions column and uh number one is i got a xbox series x just for cyberpunk 2077 but was it worth it and is the skill-based matchmaking ruining call of duty cold war <laughs> Uh. <laughs> so these are the these are the important entertainment questions over time will daniel radcliffe return in harry potter was it worth it to buy an xbox just for cyberpunk i think the answer to both is probably no um they've got to do a cursed child right that just seems I, like so easy and also yeah. for any of the returning cast for to get daniel radcliffe and rupert and presumably emma watson to do something mm-hmm. like they probably just have to be side characters, and I'm pretty sure they are in Cursed Child. So mm-hmm. it seems like the perfect fit. Yeah. I I, I I keep waffling between it's the most perfect, like it's handed them on a platter, like it already makes money hand over fist when it's open, right? Like, it's it's been a big deal. On the other hand, I wonder, there are two things I, I, I wonder about, which is one, um, would they turn away the opportunity to like try you know like do something new you know or you know and, and like i don't mean new as in like something new and exciting i i mean like but like because because you're right they are very much side characters in that play from what i gather mm-hmm. um and i kind of wonder if they'd want more than that if they, if they look at cursed child and like look at what happens and like cursed child is like written to be a spectacle on a stage right and i don't know yeah i don't know how impressive that stuff becomes when like movie cgi gets involved you know right Um, and so i kind of wonder if they look at it and go like they're minor characters this is designed for the stage maybe we just do a site at like our own story here um and uh you know get 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 so, so we at least have enough material for like trailers with these actors in you know Mm-hmm. Um, and for action figures and stuff that we can like yeah semi- but they're they're like adult canon is already set because it's yeah. already cursed child and, yeah. th- and that's the other thing yeah. is that i don't even think warner like warner brothers isn't involved in cursed child so it has to be a deal they're cutting and it just right. seems like it would be weird to do a new ca- new non-cursed child canon mm. uh for those characters but the other part that is a good point though and it, it, it leads me to the other thing that i wonder is like do they want cursed child because like it makes a shitload of money right like like and, and ultimately that is probably i i think probably the the, the path of leisure resistance that they are probably going to take is that yes it makes a lot of money yes we can just do it again put that name on it and make the same money right but like i almost wonder if especially with harry potter where it's at right now um how savvy the like the people working on on harry potter as like a brand might be to like how much the like a lot of the fans hate cursed child right 
And like, mm-hmm. I, I, and I know that like, it ultimately, like the money proves that that is probably a pretty vocal minority. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, companies love to sell you the thing you want, right? And like that has been, I mean, like that is like where Star Wars has been stuck for a long time, right? Is it like the, like the, the, the desperate attempts to like placate fan bases, no matter how small or like vocal or or you know like just just how ultimately like like not big of a deal like the cultural uh um uh uh like vision of a of a of a piece of pop culture is um whether they would go fans hate this and fans also and like jk rowling is like a headline killer what if we make a big to do about like we are doing something new right like we are we are it's not cursed child we're doing a thing you want it's harry potter is an horror or something right mm, mm-hmm. like the adventures of harry as an horror and the adventures of of like emma watson and she's like becoming the minister like running for minister and they like i don't know the, their paths cross in this grand new adventure hunting down it as mysterious dark wizard I, I, I don't know right like i i just feel like that might be more what someone might want to do in this case if they if their goal is to like win fans back um and like make harry potter like a cultural good again from their you know from their perspective yeah and and i guess like it's it's easy to say like clearly people that are like mad about cursed child online is a small segment mm-hmm. of the audience but at the same time the people paying to go see cursed child on broadway is also a very small like right. sliver of people that's true yeah yeah th- those are both small audiences most people don't go to broadway <laughs> right yeah yeah, so I, I yeah i guess that's a that's a hmm i wonder how that work how that shakes out math wise like you know cursed child does make money hand over fist but that's also because most of the tickets are like 250 dollars at the cheapest right so Mm -hmm. that is you know that's different from a movie ticket uh and i wonder if like you know the peanut gallery harry potter fans who like you know go on reddit and go like i can can you believe cursed child this sounds like dog shit like i wonder if th- th- those are maybe more the fans that they would want to cater to. Um, yeah. Um, Cause yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I, I, I feel like ultimately like just looking at all these rumors, I don't think the, any of these rumors are, are like specifically true, but I think that regardless, we are staring down the barrel of like the Harry Potter cultural, like, you know, reunion thing. Right. Yeah, I always just thought they would do a, like, Hamilton-style, like, streaming release of Cursed Child and call it a day. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised they haven't. I thought, I I still thought for the longest time that that was going to be, like, the thing that they did to get people to buy Wizarding World Gold. Right. And they didn't. Yeah. Uh, So I don't know what the deal with that is. Um, One more piece of news here. Um... And this is less, I guess, less of a piece of news. It was it was an editorial that was going around uh, last week um, from The Cut, uh, which is a New York magazine thing um, titled Who Did J.K. Rowling Become? Uh, which had a lot of 
uh, interesting tidbits in it. Um, I'm not going to walk us... Um, honestly, I'm not going to walk us through this thing because uh, a lot of it is basically just, like, the timeline of our show, <laughs> right? Like, everything yeah. everything that they mention in here is stuff that has been in our news segments and our third... Se- like, this is just all stuff we've covered it's um, like it's like in uh breath of the wild when you put your ipad into that thing and it goes do 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 and then that like one drop comes out that's this article <laughs> it's it, yeah because it's yeah it was like i knew all of this right and i think anyone who was listening to the show knew all this as well and um you know uh i i hate to be a pedant but like uh jk rowling did not become this person she has always been this person right like whatever bad headline um but there were a lot of interesting stuff in here um there's some uh, uh, just like a few like i said the, the little the little droplets that came out for us were like <laughs> um it's just some quotes from like people close to her or formerly close to her or whatever that were interesting um i thought that the like anecdote from Melissa Anelli of MuggleNet was very interesting about how like like the, the the most JK Rowling was always this person anecdote in this entire thing is right at the beginning where mm-hmm. um uh it, it, it sort of recounts this like muggle this joint MuggleNet and Leaky Cauldron interview with JK Rowling that happened where it was obvious that like this wasn't like a real interview right this was just like a you know visiting your god and getting your your instructions more or less right like, yeah um rolling arrived she gave them hugs and when her husband walked in with their six-month-old baby she made introductions all around then the family cleared out and the interview began and nelly and sparts asked rolling everything they could about the world she created for example the sorting hat it peers into the thoughts of every new hogwarts student who arrives then assigns them to one of the four houses has the sorting hat ever been wrong sparts asked no rolling said unequivocal the interview wound up running close to two hours, and on the car ride home, they opened up the presents Rowling had given them, and Nellie <laughs> received a gold ring shaped like a snake with emerald eyes. The ring, Rowling wrote, was to thank her for her invaluable protectiveness towards Harry and his fans. Like, This is what? also the Taylor Swift origin story. <laughs> what So the, weird. What the fuck? That is crazy. <laughs> that is like, that is like a samurai movie where like the guy goes and gets like a really <laughs> ominous gift from the shogun that like it clearly illustrates that like in no uncertain terms like you belong to me now, right? Like this is <laughs> this is so weird. Um, I love it. It's like super villain shit. Yeah, I, I'm just obsessed with that. Those little tidbits. She gave her. A, she gave Melissa like the dark mark. Like this is <laughs> this is you have the ring. You have the ring that shows that you're loyal to me. Really weird shit. Um, a couple of other fun things in here. Some people uh, grousing about her. Um, her hedges, which like. You know, we we had a good time talking about like the the like hedge cleanup and like all that stuff, but it was nice to get like a little bit of like confirmation that like yeah, everyone around her fucking hates that uh, that shit as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's some interesting quotes from people. There's there's someone who um, there was something that I I thought was interesting, which was that uh, there's a there's a a person quoted in this who. Um, in 2003 was like giving a presentation on like post-colonial readings of harry potter Mm -hmm. which is really cool i want to find those 
yeah uh, because that 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 sounds really interesting and like i you know a, a big like motivation for the show in the first place was that like it, it felt really hard to find any sort of like non fandom based readings of this stuff right right and uh, like even the ones that existed were like talked about in whispers and mostly were like torn down by fans and yeah. pressure online yeah 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 um i mean like leaky cauldron you can go to leaky cauldron and like half of the essays that are on leaky cauldron are like teardowns of academic papers that are critical of harry potter yeah yeah they're all just rebuttals like that death of the author one yeah yeah that's the classic right which appears to mostly try to be a teardown of death of the author <laughs> we're gonna it's solve maybe it one of my favorites <laughs> we're gonna figure this out today on the harry potter fan site um but yeah there's there's some cool stuff in there um uh i i would say it's absolutely worth reading if you haven't um but it, like a lot of like a lot of stuff in here is like stuff we've covered in depth individually uh on this show quite a bit um so one probably... of my favorite tidbits in it that i'm glad got covered is the um uh all, all the stuff that happened with the harry potter lexicon yes, guy yes. getting getting like permission that was later revoked to make an unofficial guide and then jk rowling like had crocodile tears about how like she doesn't feel inspired to do her own now yeah um yeah. that's just like again some like super villain petty bullshit yeah and there's that there's that uh note in here about the um that like very gentle interview question like total softball question that this interviewer asked her <laughs> That was like, do you feel that like Harry Potter belongs as much to the fans as it does to you now? And she just said no, like <laughs> very pissed off. Um, I think also there's there's one other thing in here that I I loved, which was this detail from that awful like lawsuit that she leveled against her former assistant. Yeah, but this this thing in here where uh the like I guess like the the the, the assistant like the defense like like said that like oh a bunch of the stuff that you've listed as an accusation is stuff that you asked her to buy for you and jk rowling's response was um the uh this was in her testimony the expenditure on molten brown toiletries of uh 3629 pounds was extraordinary rowling testified according to court records she had never asked her to buy toiletries, these toiletries. She does not like them. She finds them overly perfumed. Like, just really weird asides in a court testimony of, like, weird slam on molten brown, I guess. Like, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this whole thing. It's so bizarre, and obviously we don't have all the information, but I'm sort of just like, well, when you, like, ask your like assistant or office manager to like buy supplies for the office you don't say like no don't buy this brand i hate it yeah that's it's just weird yeah it, it, it's if nothing else it just it continues to just paint such a you know megalomaniacal portrait of like who jk rowling is to like deal with honestly yeah. i like we said this at the time but like I'll, I'll say it here again if even if the this assistant did just like pilfer all that money and like embezzle everything 
fucking she deserves it can you imagine yeah. like you like this could you imagine working with jk rowling like you just just you you read this and like no matter what it sounds like a fucking nightmare yes it does like you will you have to you, you have to buy the right toiletries for her or you will not receive your your loyalty snake ring <laughs> <laughs> like oh just just absolutely awful sounding person um but yeah, no, it's uh, it was a uh, it was an interesting article. Um, I have some criticisms of the article. Yeah. I don't like that it, they interviewed the Billboard guy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I I think that there could have been more attention paid to uh, like her harm uh, recently and and the people who have been harmed by by her mm-hmm. um, by her stuff now. Um, but I do think that it is a noteworthy article in that like. This feels like the 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 new like the first time the narrative has been created since her like genius do no wrong mythology yeah. has sort of been torn down yes. and it has, it paints a new picture that I think people like that aren't us don't see. This this is the like this is becoming the mainstream portrait of her finally. Yes. Um, which is like heartening to see to, to at least some degree, right? It, it's funny that it's hitting right now because it feels like such a funny, like, retrospective thing. It's like, oh, yeah, all this shit did happen while we were making this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would have included the um, Corbin Night, uh, Night Before Christmas uh, <laughs> parody that she posted, but if I were writing it, but. If I was you know. writing it and you reminded me of this while we were chatting yesterday before the episode as well (laughs) but i would have included the part where she rented a thirty thousand pound super yacht to travel to iceland or whatever uh on vacation in the middle of covid and was photographed walking around with no masks oh yeah what was the deal with that huh like she popped up to like tweet one or two things about how like oh we must we must clap for the for the nhs they're doing such a bang-up job and then like there are just actual photos of her in like a big group of people with her family, like walking around after traveling on a yacht without masks on. And like somehow that didn't become a big deal. And I feel I feel very they live goggles about this. Yeah. Did she kill that story? Like what happened there? Because I guess there were, or have, like, been enough celebs behaving badly. Do you remember the Kim Kardashian, like, birthday <laughs> stuff? Birthday, the birthday hologram island? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that, like, to me, like, J.K. Rowling did the same thing. Like, I, like, there's staff on yachts, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but, but I think that they're, like, the celebs are competing to <laughs> be that story right now. <laughs> Man, me and 30 of my closest friends gathered on a super yacht to travel to iceland to see some like famous pants right uh because that was what she did she went and saw the human skin pants yep in the occult museum uh, Mm -hmm. or whatever that yeah that was that was surreal that was that was like just like did no one else see this was this not did this not get to the right places but i guess you're right i guess it's kind of a foregone conclusion that like celebrities just don't care about what's happening correct Every single one of them is just, like, doing the same thing, so. Yes. Whatever. Whatever. I think it's time for us to get into our chapter for the week. What do you say? Okay. You've been you've been bracing for this. I, I have been bracing for it. 
I, I almost like forgot my job here. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a couple of weeks. This is um, maybe the hardest job you've had yet. It's maybe uh, the hardest, but maybe the easiest. Okay, I'm you know? looking forward. I'm looking forward just to like, this one. I'm just, it's just like I'm, it's, I'm, it's washing over me. Like things happen in this chapter, <laughs> and they keep happening, and then, yeah. and then it's over. They um, sure do. I, I will give us like a little bit of a refresher of of the last uh, chapter because it's been a couple weeks. Right. Um, Luna and Harry were sneaking into the Ravenclaw common room to so that Harry could look at a statue of the diadem mm-hmm. so that he could maybe find the diadem somewhere <laughs> so else. So he knew and, what it would look like. So he knows what it looks like. I feel like since this is such a famous object, there might be like pictures of it in the library. But also, you know. how many diadems are like lying around Hogwarts? it's like oh no i thought this was the diadem but it was the wrong one like is this is this like uh uh, last (laughs) crusade where you have to walk into a room and like i correctly identify the right diadem or you'll turn into a skeleton yes (laughs) except the diadem should also have bad vibes so it seems like it would be easy to identify oh that's true it is a bad vibes object so um but harry's going and and seeing this the statue of ravenclaw which he recognizes from the other statue of ravenclaw he's previously seen so this seems like a common method for him um but uh, uh electo um, knew that they were there and and the end of the last chapter she was like ha ha I've caught you Harry Potter I'm summoning my lord um, and, and she you know is pressing her wand to her dark mark to summon him and Harry has and, and this is the new chapter now Harry immediately has a vision of Voldemort being like ha ha they've captured Harry Potter I'm on my way um, Luna does stun Electo um, and has something quirky to say. Uh, and then the Ravenclaw students all hear the commotion and, and show up and are like, wow, what's going on here? Um, Harry and Luna, I think, either hide or go back under the invisibility cloak. Uh, and Electo's brother Amicus arrives uh, and tries to sort of force his way into the, the common room. But he's just too stupid to, to do the puzzle. Um, and McGonagall arrives. And we can hear their entire conversation from behind like the door. Um, and she she's smart. And so she opens, she opens the door um and all they see is the ravenclaw students like gathered around and uh, electo knocked out uh, on the ground uh, amicus thinks that she's dead and immediately forms a plan um because you know he's he's like oh she's knocked out harry's harry potter's not here voldemort's gonna show up see that we don't have harry potter captured and he's gonna kill us so what i'm gonna do is i'm going to tell voldemort that the kids forced her to summon him and then he'll just kill a couple kids and will like leave us uh fine because it's not our fault uh mcgonagall finally takes this moment to take a stand she's like absolutely not you there will be no more child torture murder in this school uh from here on out um he's like what what the fuck did you say to me you little bitch and spits on her um and that is like the last straw for harry he whips <laughs> the invisibility cloak he hits he hits amicus with the old the old crucio uh mcgonagall blushes and is like wow harry that's very gallant of you um uh harry then like i guess he gets like knocked out or like mcgonagall also just like imperios him uh and harry's like i need the diadem but voldemort's on his way and mcgonagall's like what what you have a mission from dumbledore that's crazy uh we're gonna defend the school from voldemort uh she makes a big net and puts amicus and 
uh, an electo in it and then hangs it from the ceiling. I forgot I guess about, just, I forgot I about guess, the fucking I guess just, what I is... guess just fucking <laughs> in the common room with all the kids. Um, so they're, they're just like booby trapped in the Ravenclaw common room forever. Um, and then uh, like, <laughs> they're like, we <laughs> The Gonagall's like, we're going to hold the school against this assault from Voldemort. Harry's also having these, like, in-the-middle visions of Voldemort being like, uh, I'm going to come to the school, but first I'm going to check on my Horcruxes because I'm already in the area. Um, So we're getting, like, these little updates from Voldemort very slowly on his way. Um, (laughs) As they're walking down the hall forming their plan, Snape steps out behind a suit of armor, they have a tense conversation. I'm not even going to go over it. Harry and Luna are under the invisibility cloak. McGonagall's like, you will do no more murder in the school. Or maybe Flitwick does because he shows up. They have like an epic duel. But once Flitwick shows up, Snape can't win. So he just like jumps out of a window and <laughs> flies away. Um, then we're basically to like final battle prep. Flitwick is like working on summoning wind in the courtyard and Harry's Harry's like walking around asking everybody if they know where the diadem is and Flitwick's like no it's like a lost <laughs> artifact. No, I don't know where the lost artifact of Ravenclaw is. Um Slughorn shows up at some point and is like Oh, what's going on? And McGonagall's like, it's time for you and your Slytherins to choose a side or I'm going to kick your ass. Um, she also tells Filch to go get Peeves. Um, Harry goes, he kind of like wanders to the room of requirement again. And the DA is all there to fight. Uh, Ginny's there. Uh, the order arrives for the big battle. Um, and Molly gets in a little scrap with Ginny because she's just much too young and is just part of a teenager's gang. And Harry agrees and Ginny's mad and goes away. Um, and then Percy shows up um, and everyone's like, whoa, Percy, we thought you sucked. And he's like, yeah, I did, but I stopped sucking really bad. Sorry. Uh, and it's really awkward. So Lupin is like, hey, look at these baby photos. And that goes on for a while. Where's Rada Hermione? The bathroom, I guess. Um, Harry has the <laughs> last, his last vision of Voldemort. He's got Nagini around his shoulders and he looks ready to kill. That's the end of the chapter. Oh, my God. You Thank you for doing that because you <laughs> picked up on some details that I completely forgot about. Mm-hmm. This chapter is a trial for me. What kind? What kind of trial? Uh, just like psychic trial. Psychic trial. I, I, I mean, I was intellectual about... trial, time trial. <laughs> I think <laughs> sci- psychic probably is the most. I was about okay. to say like, I, you know, I, this is this is what Job must have felt like. But we know that J.K. Rowling is not. Uh, not a benevolent god already so <laughs> yeah um this this is this is this is a different book um <laughs> and it, it is it is it is much much sillier than the last chapter which is already incredibly silly um but it is it is so funny how similar in um like the level of like absurdity that this chapter has like 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 both both this chapter and the last chapter are just completely off the wall but mm-hmm. somehow very very different like like in different ways right um this is this managed to surprise me after last week's chapter and like that chapter I, I you know I could have sworn after reading that I was like no more surprises are on the way right like at least not not of this style of just like 
I'm surprised at like what this book is doing and what this what the writing in this book is like. But this managed to just completely show me something new and exciting and terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that like the cracks have been showing, right? Yeah. It feels like J.K. Rowling hasn't been able to like keep like i i don't even know like i'm having like a spiritual experience reading this because i'm like it's like she is like not keeping up the ruse and but like the right. cracks are showing and the light is shining through and then this chapter is just where it all breaks apart and you've just like walked into the light you see the truth the 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 scene of neville taking them through the minecraft tunnel last chapter <laughs> yeah that was us walking through the crack Mm-hmm. And now we are just in like completely uh alien territory. We are inside the drum now. <laughs> exactly. It's like it is it, it is difficult to parse and like I'm I, you know probably wisely we're doing this episode normally. But there was a part of me that was like I want to walk through this line by line because I don't know how to uh, like what to say about this because it's, it is it's hard to do anything but react to it right yes that that is it this, this has completely thrown me off my game not in the sense that like I'm, oh like i i'm ready i'm i'm here to talk about this damn chapter right <laughs> but like as a as a critic as someone with something to say about like themes and the broader like world of harry potter and like the context and like cultural uh uh meaning of harry potter i'm kind of at a loss for words like i am fully only able to react to this like as as a bad piece of fiction um and it is i mean it it is a very bad chapter of 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 a book Um, i mean what you said to me when we were talking about it last night was that um this is like John was the demons. Yeah, it's it is seriously on that level of like like for as much as like uh 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 my immortal became a um you know like just like just a universally mocked probably fake thing, right? That probably has a better grasp on what storytelling is and who the characters in Harry Potter are and fun things to do with them than this chapter does <laughs> of the real Harry Potter novels. Yeah, because this one this one is like approaching like I'm not saying that it's impossible or that you can't do it, but like how, how do you do a critical read and analysis of John was the demons, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean there's something that that's trying to say and you and you could read it in the that way, but this is just like and and I think that the cracks that I am talking about that have just like completely fallen away at this point are like the theme that we've been talking about from the very very beginning here which is that book seven destroys harry potter yes it is like it is anti-analysis it is anti like a critical read (laughs) and it and it's like at this point where i get to this chapter i'm like this blows up harry potter it's 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 destroyed which in that way it's like pretty interesting yes that's true although like there you know because i thought about that right because i was like there's an angle to the um uh uh 
the like total disregard and like maybe destruction of these characters that happens in this chapter that like I think in a more deliberate work because like when, when when I when I said earlier that this felt antagonistic mm-hmm. I meant personally right like, like <laughs> yeah and because there are works of fiction that I would say are actively antagonistic to the audience or like the idea of an audience that I think are very good um twin peaks season three right i'm just like thinking off the top of my head like things that are reacting to and scornful of and playing with the audience's expectations but like i i don't know if this is so much like like it's impossible for me to say like oh yeah that's what this is because i don't think it is because like jk rowling is so proud of harry potter and continues to be right to the point where she gives someone a snake ring when they uphold the 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 legacy of harry potter i like this just feels more less like that and more like jk rowling just like really was at the peak of just like i i can do no wrong yeah, I guess so. I mean, the the effect that this has on me to read is that it feels like she, and, and this isn't the case, but it feels like she hit, like, the word count required <laughs> right, and was like, yeah. oh, shit, I just got to wrap this up in, 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 the, in the night. Like, yeah. I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to force this to end. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, because it, it really, it's rushing through stuff. Right. I mean, like, I had to check that we had an accident or that I hadn't accidentally skipped a chapter when I started reading this, because for whatever reason, I have very like the one of the few things I do remember from Deathly Hallows is the Ravenclaw bloody baron ghost like sob story stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, And I'm like looking at my watch reading this going like we have like the next chapter is called the Battle of Hogwarts. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the, like, giants are going to show up with, like, their big boulders to throw out the magic bubble around Hogwarts soon. Yeah, and so I'm, like, I'm looking at my watch going, like, do we have time for the the ghost? Where is that? Where's the ghost thing going to happen? And, yeah, there there is an element of just, like, rushing to the finish here. Um, You know, rushing to a space where... where, uh, um, that that epilogue will make sense that she wrote first, right? Um, but the other, on the other hand, like I feel like there are a lot of other things I've read that were definitely rushed to the finish, where like the sign that it was rushed was more like in the same domain as stuff that we were talking about in previous chapters, where like characters were just like saying their. Um, their like developments and traits to you out loud you know what i mean <laughs> mm-hmm. like like there's stuff that that i that i watched and like i can tell or like at least feels to me like it was rushed because it was like well this important piece of character development the character just kind of said it in like the second to last mm-hmm. episode sure um because you know it had to go somewhere we didn't have room to like really give it the space it could have and, and maybe should have had but at least we we want the audience to know that we were thinking about this right Whereas this is like, I don't know what she was thinking about Harry Potter as a character in this chapter um, or as a story, right? Like, I, I, have, I don't know. Like, this, this is like, it's, it's like she wrote this in some sort of, like, rapturous fever. Because it's, it's just not anything close to any other chapter of Harry Potter. 
I I feel I'm sort of kicking myself a little bit because I've said throughout this whole book uh, things like I understand why people thought this was fanfic. Uh-huh. This reads like fanfic. Yeah. And now I feel like me saying it here doesn't have the gravity that it should. Right. Because this is far and away one of the most surreal like I I feel like it is a chapter of fan fiction that was just like tucked into this book. Um Yeah. And that's like I I kind of I kind of want to elaborate on that because I think everybody knows by now or you should that I am not here to beat up on fan fiction. No. Um or that it's like badly written, but I do think that there is a lot of fan fiction out there written by a lot of different people and all out there trying to do like a different thing. Like some people really do use it as an exercise to try to write like the best, you know, story that they can to, uh, you know, practice, or maybe they want to publish a book later with like a similar story. And you get these like really well-constructed, like awesome pieces of literature, frankly, um, and, and, I, and I think that there are others that are there to fulfill a different purpose for the author, which is like literally just to have like kind of fun and play around in the dollhouse. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and a lot of like the concepts that come from those are like, hey, what if Harry did something that was like weird and would never happen in the books? What if Harry could turn into a dragon? What if Harry went to the dark side and started using unforgivable curses? What if they were in a coffee shop? What if they're in the cut? Like, all of that. And I think that there's, like, value in that. And it's cool. And I want people to have fun. And it's, like, awesome, like, trading those stories around. This, it is so bizarre to feel like something like that snuck its way into Deathly Hallows. Well, I think, too, the uh, the other aspect of it is that, like, a lot of those stories, and again, uh, uh, similar to what you, you were saying, this is not, like, a critical judgment, right? But I think this is just a fact of the thing, um, is that a lot of fan fiction is written by children and teenagers and people who are um just coming to writing for the first time um or or aren't interested you know wouldn't say that they are interested in like the craft of writing right if you uh Mm -hmm. uh, if you ask them they just like like the thing and are kids and like want to share Mm. their love of the thing Um, that's a great way to think about it is that it's like literally just putting your daydream on paper right yeah you're you're not you're not like you know you're not setting out to write a novel or whatever right you are or or write a story with themes and a beginning middle and end you just like you have an idea you want to put it on paper and share it with people um and and like here's here's the ex- my execution of this idea like like thinking about it no deeper than that and mm-hmm. that's not a bad thing that is that is just like it, it you know it's like it's like drawing for the first time it's like uh playing with legos it's 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 it's, it's it, there there's so many things that are just like this is a, f- a fun thing i do and i'm not i'm not really like making something that that needs to like hold up to like the strain of like critical analysis right <laughs> yeah um, but the, the thing that is really funny about this chapter and like the, the the thing that like i think makes the fan fiction comparison important here is that this this does 100 percent feel like a fan fiction that was written by someone who was not thinking about those things and was just thinking like here what if, what if a fucked up thing happened at hogwarts <laughs> which is yeah. cool and totally fine if you are not the 
published billionaire author of the franchise right like that <laughs> like that is where it's like it is it, it, it is the difference between like it like you know if i if i decided to skateboard take up skateboarding for fun mm-hmm. and like i like posted on twitter one day i did this sick ollie and it was like a six inch ollie <laughs> off the ground and i nearly fell off at the end and it really wasn't very impressive and i was writing goofy you know just like just like making every mistake right yeah not thinking not thinking about professional skating i'm just skateboarding for fun i want to share a cool thing i did that would be totally fine if someone <laughs> went to the x games and it was paid you know hundreds of thousands of dollars to to do that to be there and perform and they <laughs> and they got on the half pipe and they like kind of walked out there and they just did like one or two tricks and then fell off their board and then <laughs> you know uh uh uh, uh like d- did one did one kick flip and kind of fumbled it and then kind of walked off and like did something else from it. like you would notice because like that is you are not being you are not being sold hey here's my first ever kickflip you are being told here is here is the genius of skateboarding they've competed they have they have taken home the gold six times in a row and they're here to compete for number seven and they actually just brought out a tech deck and they've they're like i don't know they're goofing off in the like you know what i mean like that sounds way more charming though (laughs) (laughs) that's true to be fair that is true that would be kind of charming but like that 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 is the like when i you know when i make the fan fiction comparison it is not fan fiction's bad it's that like when you're the author of harry potter i think there are I, i think i i don't think it's unfair of me to put my like critic hat on and say okay i'm here to look for themes and characters and facts right like (laughs) right um in a way that would just be pedantic and annoying and like cruel to like i don't know like a 12 year old who was like what if harry potter was the bad guy you know what if mcgonagall was epic (laughs) like those marvel movies right yeah like sure why not what if she was uh yeah it's just what if flitwick cast the spirit of wind in the courtyard (laughs) what if snape could fly like a vampire like that's something i would write yeah when i was 14 you know yeah yeah it is it it is it is a entirely different set of expectations but it's the one that i ended up having in this chapter just like what is who who is this for what is this why I mean, if nothing else, if if nothing else, and I know that the, similar to to you, kind of like lamenting that you've you've made the fan fiction comparison more than once, and and to be faced with this chapter, I'm sitting here like I've said multiple times um, that uh, this proves you know this chapter proves that like no editor editor looked at this book. But, like, seriously, this chapter proves that no editor looked at this book. Like, on a, <laughs> even on, like, a writing fundamentals level, what the fuck is that run-on sentence that this chapter starts with? How'd they sneak this one in? It's 
Yeah, do you have it? Do you want to read? I, let me. Is it just the first sentence? Yeah, just the fir- the first paragraph of this that is just one giant run-on sentence. The moment her finger touched the mark, Harry's scar burned savagely. The starry room vanished from sight, and he was standing upon an outcrop of rock beneath a cliff, and the sea was washing around him, and there was triumph in his heart. They have the boy. What is this? <laughs> like I, I guess I am the boy. I, I am the boy. <laughs> I guess this is an attempt at, like, a disorienting, like, run-on set of, like, like different images for the reader. But, like, similar to a lot of the figurative language in this chapter that we'll get to, there is not enough of it, and none of it is individually interesting enough to, like, for sure leap out and go, ah, okay, I understand how this was meant to be read, right? Like... Mostly it's just confusing. It, yeah. Like, it, most of it just made me go back and say, like, what is this trying to say to me? Yeah. Yeah, but, like, no, no editor with any spine would, like, look at that and go, like, yeah, that's a great way to open a chapter. <laughs> that That is... That looks professional and good. Um, And then it just, you know, it it, it, it continues from there. I mean, like... There, there are some surreal metaphors and uh, similes and stuff in this, in this that just feel, just like first, first time stuff. I mean, like right at the beginning here, uh, uh, this, this line about like it was as there were a series of loud bangs, as though somebody was firing a gun at the door. Like, how? absolutely uncreative do you have to be to just put that one in there is this um the first time spells have been referred to as gunshots in the series <laughs> or maybe like the second <laughs> i know we yeah. i know I, i'm getting confused because we've been calling wands guns for like yeah years, years now yeah. um but this feels like the most like blatant acknowledgement that that's how they're being used <laughs> In the story, which yeah. feels just like surreal to me, I'm like, I, like okay, it just is going to like say that because when I think about guns in Harry Potter, I think of that newspaper article in the Daily Prophet that was like a gun, a kind of metal wand yes. that Muggles use to kill each other, right? Yeah, and that like kind of like whimsical like wizards don't know what guns is so are so it's so bizarre to see this obviously it's like from harry's like sort of global perspective i guess and he would know what a gun is but it's it's just it is such a strange acknowledgement yeah i and like on top of that too like not only it being like a a very poor choice of like uh uh, language for this book specifically um the fact that like i don't know i feel like if you are a billionaire author you can come up with a like more exciting description than like oh the loud thing it sounded like a gun like i don't know like that's that's just so (laughs) i don't know i think saying that there's a bunch of loud bangs is like plenty yeah (laughs) he kind of gets i know what a loud bang is i know yeah yeah you already described oh like a gun yeah oh like a gun okay gotcha not like okay it's not like pots and pans out there (laughs) i need to know exactly what kind of bangs (laughs) <laughs> are we talking bangerang is skrillex out there are we getting some drops what's, what's... oh a gun okay gunshot bangs got it um 
<sighs> okay. Where where do we where do we start on this thing? I guess I guess like the major uh uh uh, uh first event is this like the arrival of um uh not not who's Amicus. I was forgetting his name. Amicus Caro and Professor McGonagall, unaware of Harry, having this insane conversation about what they're gonna do if they don't find Harry. Um, yeah. Which is just for one, um like absolutely shameful use of phonetic spelling in this chapter with with the Caros. Um like beyond honestly Hagrid level of just like really offensive portrayals of accents. <laughs> right? Like uh, and not even used very like effectively. No, it was again more just like I had to go back and read it again when I figured out what was going on. Yeah. I was like, "Is this guy like chewing some gum? Like, what's what is happening here?" Yeah, he says, and then I'm like, "Oh, Gorn. they're poor." Yeah, which is, <sighs> we. I mean, we've we've talked about this at length before, but like the what? Who are the Death Eaters? Right? Like, like what? What is their deal? How are these like? I mean, because because this this is just like a really offensive like poor farmer stereotype, right? Like you might as well be doing the goofy voice. Yeah. Oh gosh, McGonagall, we've got to kill the boy. That's how I read it in my head before oh, I figured the dark out what was Lord, happening. The Dark Lord will will be so angry if we don't find the boy. That's yeah. It's 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 kind of it, it's kind of ridiculous. I've like it, it is it is truly. I mean, similar to the Gaunts and similar to, you know, numerous other characters in this series, it is, you know, their class is is nothing more than like, uh, uh, you know, a signifier that they are evil. Right. It's not it's it, it, that is that is the deepest she thinks about it. It is. Like, yeah. And there's still, like the whole routine with like the Ravenclaw riddle thing where it's like, oh, of course, you can't figure it he's out. Stupid. He's stupid and poor. Like, yeah. 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 It, which is. It, it, yeah. I mean, like uncreative, kind of offensive and just boring. Real. I mean, like these these are the horribles from Roald Dahl, right? Or whatever. Yeah. Like, like the, the, and like, I think even that book is like, maybe, you know, less, you know, has a little bit more going on in it than, than this, which is just like here, here. And, and, and even setting that stuff aside, like, like just, just like, you know, how distasteful these characters might be. How boring is it that like, I guess these are like the two final like bosses before it's time to fight Voldemort, right? And they're just like two two podunk idiots. Like, okay, cool, exciting. Feels really uh I guess or you know, it def- definitely feels good when Harry starts torturing them for fun. Like I <laughs> know these people. I know we've been saying that this whole yeah. time, but I just I I am so like baffled by the choice to have it be the Caros. Yeah, who- we haven't been at Evil Hogwarts, so we don't really know. Other than like hearing about it for the first time last chapter, like what their deal is. Yeah, they're not. They're not. Um, they're not scary particularly. I mean, like, 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 not not only in that, like, oh, I'm not like affected by this. I don't think it's an effective like villain, but like they're they're just like in the text they are bumbling and stupid and like 
the most threatening thing that they could come up with, which I mean, JK Rowling classic here. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the most threatening thing that they can come up with is, oh, I know how we'll make Voldemort less mad. We will tell him the kids did it and then he will murder a couple of children. Like, just a real motley crew of some of the just the, like, earnestly most pathetic villains in a in a fantasy series here. Yeah, and I mean, like, I don't always say this every time, but I know that that's in there to, for us to be like, wow. Wow. These guys are low. Yeah, these are the they lowest. Kill but kids. I just, it's just, it just seems ridiculous. Oh, there's kids here? Well, you wouldn't want kids to die, would you? Like, in abstract, again, like, so many things in this book. In abstract, yeah, I guess it's kind of fucked up. But, like, here, it's not, I'm not moved by this. These aren't, like, they're, ultimately, it's fiction. And, like, if, you can't just tell me, like, kids will die. And I'm not gonna, that doesn't get me on the hook for anything. Right. And it, and, like, it feels like the book is so out of touch with its own stakes that, like, this is the point where McGonagall is like, okay, that's a that's a bridge too far. Mm-hmm. Which, like, yeah, but like, what has been happening this whole time? And and it and it keeps like I keep getting pulled back, and I'm like, what? How are we even in this situation to begin with? Mm-hmm. Why are we at like? Why are the kids going to this school? <laughs> why is McGonagall <laughs> teaching at this school? The the like conversation that amicus and mcgonagall have kind of on the way to the statue like you know when they're at the door and and when um uh uh they're solving the like the password puzzle like mcgonagall like you said has has you know is very she's very epic she's like got she's always got a retort for everything she's always got like you know a a clever clever pithy one-liner to disarm whatever this you know this rube is challenging her with but at the end of the day mcgonagall is the one who is clearly i mean just just purely going by the text is stronger smarter and cooler than these characters and yet is still here they are so easily dispatched like every every at every single moment yeah and even when we get to snape who is like sort of the final boss i guess of evil hogwarts <laughs> They have a duel for like thirty seconds, and then Snape jumps out of a window. Yeah, yeah, not exactly. Not Voldemort is not sending his best. It, it really seems, or or never collected any real high. Did he not grind his guys? Did he not like? Try- what is the point of any of this? <laughs> um, I mean, but yeah, there's there's this moment where McGonagall shows up, and we're like, oh shit, a, you know, a character that we like is here, and. She solves the password into the Ravenclaw common room for Amicus. And I like just this, this so perfectly encapsulates for me how bad JK Rowling, excuse me, how bad JK Rowling is writing this kind of character. Um, Because the statue asks her and, and it, the same question that she, that it asked Amicus before, um, uh you know where do vanished objects go as as a as like a question and as we know from the scene with luna on the way up uh these are open questions right it's not it's not asking you uh 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 you know what is the right answer it wants something that is well reasoned 
Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it wants a clever answer, right? Like, it, it, it's it's asking you a rhetorical answer. It wants a witty comeback. Yeah. And McGonagall's response is, Into non-being, which is to say, everything, replied Professor McGonagall. Nicely phrased, replied the eagle door knocker, and the door swung open. Like, really a head-scratcher here. Because it's, <laughs> it's not a very cool answer. No, it's not. Like, if this is supposed to be like, damn, McGonagall is so fucking cool and so fucking smart. Like, I I wouldn't, wouldn't a cooler answer be like, nowhere or something, you know, just like, it's a rhetorical question, give a rhetorical answer. And I guess the real, the real truth here is that it is not a rhetorical question. And this was just lore that was given to us. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think is that this is supposed to be implying some sort of unfathomable magical theory that we don't know about, mm-hmm. that McGonagall knows because she's so smart and cool. <laughs> um, I-, I think it's a little late Yeah, for something like th- that idea to be introduced. Yeah. Um, and also it just sort of doesn't make a lot of sense and it doesn't sound cool. Yeah, that is that is the, my main thing, right? Is that like this scene is so, and like all of these scenes are supposed to make make McGonagall seem strong in the face of adversity here, right? Like, these mm-hmm. are these are her defiant, cool res- responses in, in front of the Karos or whatever. But, like, it just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't land like that. Um, but uh, none of that, all of this pales in comparison to the next big event here, which is... Uh, them arguing about whether or not they should let Voldemort come and murder some kids or not, and Car- uh, uh, Amicus spitting on McGonagall and uh, Harry. Ha- Harry's just had about enough of this, mm-hmm. and and throwing off his invisibility cloak and uh, using the torture spell correctly. Yeah, finally, the, like yep, the full the full strength worst imaginable pain uh evil spell (laughs) the hatred spell and he has a one-liner about it like i i do a lot of highlighting when i read these books Mm -hmm. um this is the first time i have ever highlighted an entire page yeah it is from top to bottom from the moment he throws off his cloak to to the moment that uh uh An- you know Amicus falls to the ground and McGonagall uh uh like falls into Harry's arms more or less it is the most baffling single page of this series that exists <laughs> yeah he tortures Amicus Caro uh-huh. with the spell that he has had used on him before yeah um and and we know feels just like the act like I mean like like Hermione just went through it too right like yeah I mean we also like kind of had a reunion with Neville who obviously is like as a character very connected it's his tragic backstory <laughs> yeah 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 um but he got over it he's cool now um oh yeah I forgot <laughs> uh so Harry does that to Amicus and okay. Like, like, you know, if we just take, if we take purely, like, this, this frame, if we imagine this as a film, we take this frame out, 
uh, I I would be like, okay, so this is the turning point for Harry's character, right? Like like right. something has changed in him. Um, that could be really good. There, you know, I'm not saying, oh, if a character in a story does something wrong, I'm closing the book, right? Like like that's I love I love stories about characters who do bad shit uh, on you know on their path. Um, but what happens here is that he tortures Amicus. Amicus like falls to the ground, like like passes out from the pain, and then Harry says a one-liner, which is like intended for someone else, <laughs> which is so weird. Like the so he says, uh, uh, "Bellatrix was right. Uh, you really do have to hate someone for that to work, right?" Um. And this is th- like you know similar to the discussion we were having about how like why are these who are these fucking villains why was this not Bellatrix because that was a conversation he had with Bellatrix Bellatrix is probably the I I would say the one person in the series who could get crucioed by the protagonist and you would kind of walk away going like well yeah honestly she probably deserved that you know or like yeah like probably that's at least like poetic justice in in like story in some sort of story sense or it's like yeah she tortured him he tried to torture her one time and it it, it didn't work and then he finally did it to her like he just hates her so much because she she uh she like you know killed dobby and like tortured his friend right like like killed Sirius, like all all of that there's like so much history there there's 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 enough history there where you you could see that and go like wow that could be a pretty interesting scene but instead it's just this like nobody it's it's amicus caro a character who as far as we have seen so far is like on the same threat level as curly from the three stooges probably um and maybe the same power level to talk in like dragon ball terms as like the farmer with the shotgun no but like doesn't even have the shotgun like just the farmer from the first episode of dragon ball z where like vegeta looks at him as like power level zero or whatever (laughs) just like not anyone remotely threatening I mean, also all of his like on screen. I don't. I don't mean the like Neville's tales of of misery at Dark Hogwarts, but like yeah. Harry's motivations, like what works him up to do this. I'm not saying spitting in someone's face is like good. No. Um. And but like he did that, and he hatched the most absurd child murder plan <laughs> that would not work in 100 years. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying that Voldemort wouldn't kill a child cuz clearly he would he and loves he probably to do that. just would anyway. Yeah. Um regardless of like any prompting or um or anything by <laughs> Amicus Caro. He'd but just I, do it I, for fun because that's what he does, apparently. He would do that cuz he's like in the area, yeah. but like if Voldemort shows up and is like you summoned me that you had Harry Potter. Where is he? And they were like, oh, these kids like overpowered me and made me touch my mark. Like, I'm pretty sure that Voldemort would just kill him anyway. Right. And then just like kill a couple of kids because he's there. Um. So it's just like the plan itself is absurd. But like Harry's reaction is feels like such an overreaction for what seems like it should be a huge moment for him. This is another case of... Um, I think J.K. Rowling's age showing, you know, um, because I feel like the 
spitting on someone as like the gravest insult thing that that is that is like an escalation in like detective movies and and stuff right like that is that is such a like black and white film like oh my god i can't believe he spat on me like crime of manners type thing yeah you know or like something that would be a big deal in a court drama like a medieval court drama like oh this is the highest <laughs> you've spat on the king <laughs> but like it's it, it is such a, a a relic of like more romantic storytelling stuff right mm-hmm. um uh, uh where you know like manners and and procedure and uh uh that kind of thing are like you know the the framework that the story is working in Whereas Harris was kind of like, Harry's like a teenager. Does he right. have that, like, cultural association with spitting, really? It, it it seems like that sort of thing in this sort of story is like a character quirk that someone would have, right? Yeah. Like, it, it's like the cognitive dissonance of, like, doing all these, like, crazy things and everyone's carrying a magic gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there'll be one character who, like, really cares about manners. Like, yeah. they're going to kill, like, or whatever, right? But it just doesn't work here. Yeah, like, if <laughs> if this was a Kingsman comic or whatever, like, sure, I guess. <laughs> like, that makes sense. Oh, he McGonagall, he insulted my pocket square or something. But like it's just Harry lives in dirt. He's been living in dirt for uh <laughs> a whole year in this book and he his favorite thing to do is to like insult teachers and defy their authority. So duh, like what when has he ever cared about like just like I don't know displays of like uh ballroom disrespect i guess <laughs> yeah i mean like it's rude yeah but just the, the stakes seem a lot higher here yeah it, it's funny and, and and just like on its face it's very funny that that's the thing that like offends him it would if it was bellatrix that makes perfect sense to me and yeah. i i can't think of a single reason why it's not so much so that i feel like it must have been originally because you're right that line that like you're it's it's bellatrix was right and it should be you were right yeah you really do have to mean it it's, right like that's <laughs> that's the comeback but like yeah what is it how does that work here and it would be other than, yeah <sighs> it's a comeback that would be like two years in the making at this point for harry it would be like five years in the making for the audience uh, why is it amicus caro <laughs> total nobody yeah and and it would somewhat contextualize him using an unforgivable spell like yeah bellatrix is like the one person who you you watch that happen to and go like "Hmm, well it sucks to suck i guess right like it's not it's it it, i don't i don't I, i i don't feel any sort of like triumphant sense of vengeance here because this isn't a character i know and they're also not very threatening uh they're no i mean the the whole time i just i just want to know why they didn't do this before because it's extremely easy right like it's cool when john wick shoots a guy in the knees or whatever if he's been like the villain the whole movie like yeah sure i don't care but like this is nobody and it's no one and it's in this story and 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 the part that truly makes it insane yeah is 
McGonagall's response is to like just act kind of like flirty. Yeah. She's like blushing and stammering and she's like, oh, that was very gallant. Which, first of all, no, it wasn't. Like, if we're but if we're doing manners here, if we're if we're talking about like chivalry, <laughs> I don't think torturing someone is very gallant. <laughs> Maybe it would be if they just shot the guy. Right, right? Like yeah. if you just whipped out and was like killing curse. Right, get, yeah, yeah, no. Get if, fucking dead. If he if he like, you know, gave a they have a hearty swing with a sword of Gryffindorms, like, have at you, cur. <laughs> like, yeah, and just kill them in one blow. That yeah, sure. That's that a very gallant move. It, but, like torturing someone for minutes and then saying like a, a creepy one-liner at them about like <laughs> I fucking hate you. Really not very gallant. <laughs> no, it's very like Anakin Skywalker, like Kylo Ren, uh, yeah. like like hitting hitting the like console with his lightsaber. And that was sort of like the reaction I thought was going to happen. Yeah. Like you just expect the other shoe to drop and not have it be McGonagall like blushing. That scene where Kylo Ren like freaks out and like hits the console oh, with I love his that lightsaber. Yeah. And then like the stormtrooper or whatever is like walks the Th- other there's, way. There's, yeah, that's like the one like the one of the best parts of, of the prequel trilogy or the sequel trilogy is him like just having that tantrum and those like two officers or guys just sort of like just like kind of walk out of the room like okay <laughs> he's he's doing his thing <laughs> but no it would be it would be like if if ray walked up to him and was like oh kylo that was very gallant of you <laughs> Which, like, to be no. fair, i think a lot of people did want that to be fair but like... Shh, we don't talk about it <laughs> oh god but yeah no it's it was it, it, it uh, like that was what I expected. I was like, okay, um, kind of lame that he did that to a total like jobber character, but whatever. We're at least gonna get McGonagall. I'm like, Harry, you're like, hey, what the fuck? Hey, we need to like have a little chat here about your methods. I, I really, I really thought it was gonna be like the moment of like Harry has come back from war or whatever, right? And he like does something, and then McGonagall like he turns to McGonagall expecting like, hey, thanks, but McGonagall's just like so freaked yeah. out and it's like oh my god yeah right what like, but you need to what re- has happened to you you need to readjust something has happened to you yeah exactly um instead what she does is she gets a little moist and then she goes and does another <laughs> unforgivable <laughs> spell on the, on the on them immediately she's just like oh this is what we're doing now <laughs> like <laughs> harry harry has tortured this guy yeah. And I can't remember, Did is it that he tortured him so much that he passed out, or is it that he tortured him and then, like, they bound him? No, I think he did, like, a double crucio because it says, um, uh, where is it? Uh, I, I think that it's, like, the Death Eater was lifted off his feet. He writhed through the air like a drowning man, thrashing and howling in pain. Very gallant, then- Harry. And then, with a crunch and a shattering of glass, he smashed into the front of a bookcase and crumpled oh, insensible right. to the floor. Okay. So it was like it was like a crucio, but with like an extra black, like a wait, like, so like it a was, shotgun it, blast it was, on it. It was it was force choke and force push at the same time. <laughs> it had knockback. Yeah. I don't know why. So yeah. So okay. So not only did Harry torture the torture this man half to death, he then threw him against the bookcase and knocked him out. Then McGonagall says hell yeah 
this is what we're doing now. And she walks up and uses the other unforgivable <laughs> curse on him. <laughs> just uses Just shoot it. these guys at this point. <laughs> Come on. And then I guess, like, because the other thing that is happening throughout, like, this whole thing is that there were, like, a ring of 12-year-olds around them that, like, scampered oh, off. Oh, yeah, yes. Uh, so that's just, like, happening at the same time. Like, the kids are there. Also, it, like, sometimes wavers into being, like, a cartoon because once Luna knocks out the first Caro, they all, like, do a, like, coordinated cheer and are like, yay, I think that he's dead. They're like those Skyrim kids when you kill the, like, <laughs> evil orphanage lady. <laughs> yeah. Where they're like, woohoo, thank you. Um, so that's all happening at the same time. And then McGonagall, like, puts them in a net. Just shoot them. I've had enough. I've had enough of this. <laughs> the the thing that makes like like even just outside of like like the the weird moral ground that this is standing on in general, this chapter is so surreal and this scene is so like strange because it has been this isn't even a like, well, if you think about it, this is kind of fucked up. This isn't like no this this book has had multiple characters and like the authorial voice reach out to the audience and say, here are the three unforgivable things you can do to someone. Mm-hmm. Number one, torture them. Makes sense to me. Uh, number two, mind control them against their will. Makes sense to me. Uh, number three, kill them. Well, I get where you're coming from. We can talk about that. For, you know, we'll, one day we'll solve that problem. One day. Yeah, we'll... I mean, it's like, well, this is a pretty like Christian story. I, I like. I'm, this is a, com- I get a complex topic, but sure, I'll buy into that for this for the sake of this for story. like a fantasy story. Also, it's connected to an evil spell, right? Like that is also the part mm-hmm. of it because it's like it's saying that like to do that specific evil spell that kills someone, you like are. It's like. It's like dark side stuff, right. right? Like there's some like magical corruption that happens to you. Right. Presumably. Yeah. Um but so <laughs> McGonagall and Harry and this is after Harry has already used the mind control spell like five times on that random guy in the the bank. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he's just in it now. But for McGonagall to just be like well, okay, desperate times call for desperate measures, I guess. Time to mind control someone. Um which which we have been explicitly told over and over again is just a, just a, a a hard no. That is evil. That is a I mean it is it is it is very strange to read this from the perspective of this book specifically being a Christian allegory all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Because I I would imagine at least, like, kind of abstractly, that, like, the unforgivable curses are, like, the wizarding version of, like, the Ten Commandments, practically, right? Like, these are, these are mortal, th- these are big sins to do, uh, right. to cast any of, like, to, like, to do this is dark magic. To be a dark wizard, to be, you know, to be, uh, unforgivable. And they're just doing it. Without saying anything about it, without um, having any moral quandary, without falling, like, like without um, uh, 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 visibly, like, falling to the dark or whatever, like, they are just, no, they're the good guys, and they've decided they can use them now, and it's actually very cool and badass, and that is the extent to which the story is going to deal with it. Like, it, yep. it, it, it is 
is baffling. It's surreal. I, I I don't know how this book and this chapter more than ever. I don't understand how it was accepted by the fan base. Is like, yeah, this is good. This is fine. It it feels so weird to read because it has. It's like an understatement, but I I just am like this is. So out of left field. It just has no regard for the story that she's written. Um, it's 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 like the story that came before, the story that everyone loves so much, that has told us over and over again. These are unforgivable spells. These are the these are the lines that good guys do not cross. And Harry, our Jesus figure, has like crossed them multiple times now, and so is his teacher. It's like, oh, okay, so nothing means anything, I guess. Cool. <laughs> great no acknowledgement yeah none none zero she just does imperio like after watching someone get tortured by a 17 year old and also sort of for no reason since she's just putting them up in a net anyway Yeah, just put them in the net if you don't want to kill them sure okay i guess but like just do that he's already knocked out it's almost showing off to harry like oh you're you can do the unforgivables me too here you go i'm on board with that it's so strange. In fact, it just makes it like that. That is like villain. That's like true villains. Like why? Why are Harry and McGonagall doing the cool badass villain things that would be like, oh, that's scary when a villain does that. Like the idea of a villain just using like flagrantly using Imperio to like do a very minor task. If you, mm-hmm. if you flip that around and, like, imagine another, you know, like, another, like, I don't know, again, Bellatrix doing that for fun, right? Like, right. like Bellatrix just, like, making people thralls for a moment to, like, get her a Coke from the fridge. Right. Just completely zero morals, right? Just, like, I, I will invade anyone's mind whenever I want for the littlest thing. That would be cool character development, right? And that would be, like, wow, this character is fucked up. Instead, I'm like, I I have a less clear picture of who McGonagall is now than I did when I was, like, 12 and was like, oh, I think McGonagall's a hottie, <laughs> right? Like, I just, I, I have no... <laughs> this, is the hot, this is the hot McGonagall payoff. <laughs> the hot McGonagall payoff is, that, like, I wish she was, like, a cool, sexy, evil lady who was the villain. Well, she, well, well good news. <laughs> she, she'll just do Imperio. And, yeah. Yeah. It's what a fucking mess. Just just really really poor stuff. Um but it doesn't stop there cuz they've got to go. They they're going to rally the castle. Um and uh don't worry, Voldemort is like on his way, but not really on his way. Um so they've got some time to to do some setup here. There's literally a line where Harry like goes like dunks dunks his head back into the vision very briefly to have Voldemort like be at the cave and he's like oh, I know they've got Harry Potter uh, but I'm already at the cave so I'm ju- I'm just gonna real quick pop in uh, order some McDonald's uh, and then I'll be- I'm like I'm already I already came all the way here uh, and then I will be on my way. I'm not gonna have time to cook tonight. I've got to I should probably dro- I've got these letters in the front seat that I keep meaning to deliver. Oh, God, I should probably pick up my prescription. Just like. Just- it's like the 
anti-suspense. It's like <laughs> right. any amount any amount of tension that you feel about Voldemort like showing up and and doing whatever evil stuff is just like immediately diffused every time. Yeah. It's like, oh no, he's still pretty far away. <laughs> right. Like we haven't even mentioned all the way through this like door knocker bullshit and then the the um <laughs> The, the caro scene we keep getting these like asides in harry's head that are like okay uh voldemort is on a rocky outcropping <laughs> okay now he's on a uh, he's in the cave uh okay now he's in the second cave which i forgot that there was a second cave because you have to go through the first cave and then you find the door and then you need to like use blood to open the door to the second cave and then he like okay now he's on the boat okay he's still on the boat <laughs> Okay, he's stepping <laughs> off the boat. Okay, now he's looking at the... Oh, he's almost at the basin. Okay, oh, he's looking at the ba... Oh, he's figured it out. Okay, and now... Oh, he's, oh, he's real oh, mad. He's, he's really mad now. He's really mad now. Okay, he's getting back in the boat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just... It's like a Bugs Bunny joke. Like, it's like they're... It's like doing the, like, the ten steps before your, like, shootout, but then, like, the joke is they keep walking for a really long time. <laughs> And like the tense music goes on for too it's, long. It's the fucking SpongeBob like like parallel parking <laughs> gag with like okay you're good you're good you're good you're good. <laughs> he's he's like not knowing where Voldemort was would be ten times more suspenseful than like checking in with him every page. Cause yeah, because it ends up feeling like he's, like, cleaning his house before guests are coming over. It's like, oh, they could show up at any time. Oh, I just got a text. They're still an hour away. I've got plenty of time to vacuum. This, like, <laughs> there's, there, there's, there's, like, there was a thing that was, like, really common in, like, bad action movies for a while where they would, like, you know, if, like, a bomb is about to go off or, like, a rocket's about to launch, right? And it would, like, mm-hmm. keep cutting back to, like, the timer and like yeah. the timer counting down and like it just would always be absurd because it's like oh james bond you've got two minutes to defuse this bomb. and like the scene is like seven minutes long because there's, a, right, there's yeah. a car chase and a fist fight and the villain does a monologue but they keep cutting back and like eventually everyone figured out that it was way more suspenseful to just like have it be kind of vague it's like well something bad is going to happen but if you make right. if you make the audience think about like discrete units of time this is all gonna fall apart. Yep. Um, and 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 I think wisely we've moved away from that. Uh, but not J.K. Rowling. She she was she was like, <laughs> okay, we we it, the height of suspense is knowing that Voldemort is like kind of indecisive and slow and like, you know, he's in the boat. He's he's he's, <laughs> he's still in the boat. Oh, he's on his way back. Just really, really not <laughs> not very scary it doesn't help that the like the like imagery itself is just like so funny and absurd <laughs> like the idea of Voldemort like sailing a little boat across a lake is just inherently really funny i think <laughs> it's convenient that he didn't need to bring a funny little guy with him because he because actually that's a point oh i guess he would need i guess he would only need it if he was going to take the horcrux i guess he can see that it's there because i was like it, he doesn't have a funny little guy to force feed the ju- juice to you know i don't know why he doesn't just fly <laughs> why doesn't he just why does he need a boat this this was a classic this is a jack sloper classic why does he need the boat he, he's a wizard he can either fly or apparate over there but he uses the boat 
I I guess the answer that's the real answer. He uses the boat so that a, a book later he can use the boat again, so we have a like a sense of how far away he is from being able to apparate. Do you think maybe he's like a hobbyist? Oh, he like he just he likes canoeing. He's like one of those. Yeah, yeah, maybe. He's like, oh no, I just like boats. So that's why he's doing because he he gets the pay he gets the text that like hey you know have Harry Potter come to castle. And he's like, well, I'm already here. Oh, just 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 one lap around the lake in my boat. <laughs> I mean, something to consider about Voldemort that I, I think that can be sort of forgotten is that he is an old man. Right. Yeah. He, <laughs> he's absolutely he would he would love he wants to he just wants to fish. Right. He just wants to take a day on the lake. Just just chill in his boat. <laughs> catch a couple of crappies, you know, throw something yeah. on the grill when he gets home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I like this idea of, like, the evil sorcerer that, like, enjoys the boat on the lake with, like, the zombies in it. <laughs> in, like, the evil cave. I I wish that his, like, penchant for being theatrical was, like, a thing, like, a part of his character, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that was just, like, an intentional, just, like, just, like, like when's Voldemort gonna show up? Oh, you know, as soon as he figures out a cool way to show up or whatever, right? But it's, like, everyone's, like, legit scared of this guy. <laughs> everyone everyone loves everyone is like legitimately buying into his pageantry as much as he does which is very funny yeah um um speaking of pageantry uh so they walk out of the hall <laughs> and they're like walking down the corridor and who should step out from a perfectly human-sized suit of armor <laughs> Uh, then Severus Snape, who I guess has just been standing behind this statue for, like, waiting for the opportune time to, like, like step out and be like, hmm, going somewhere? Um, did you picture, um, Sans Undertale stepping out from behind the lamp? <laughs> no, but I will now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, what... <laughs> There is no way to like, like, it does not look cool, and again, in a way that is, you know, similar to like how we were. We always used to talk about um, how funny it was that like Snape would have had to have like run down three flights of stairs to appear in that chair. Uh-huh. Um, like that felt intentional. That felt like oh, that is just that's who this character is. But here in this most climactic moment, where it's like fuck. Snape is here, the one guy that we didn't want to run into, who who will you know take us. He, I think he's evil. He's gonna take us to Voldemort. He's gonna kill us or whatever. He's just hiding behind a human shaped <laughs> like hiding spot, and then just just like steps out to have an Oblivion NPC conversation with McGonagall. <laughs> I. I, I, it's funny because I think that in so many places it feels like J.K. Rowling was writing from the movie. And this is like the opposite of that, where I feel like if you are trying to picture something cool, it's like I could picture like the scene of McGonagall like rushing down the hall and he should just be standing there. Yeah, why there. is he not? They turn the corner and he is just standing at the end of the next hallway. Right. Because he's ready for them. Why is he hiding behind a fucking statue? <laughs> Yeah, that's so much more ominous if they turn the corner and they're like, okay, this is it. We're going to we're gonna rally the troops. And then they turn around and like, uh-oh, Darth Vader's there. Right. Yeah. Darth Vader wouldn't hide behind a statue and then step out. <laughs> it's so 
lame. Um, <laughs> and then, so they have this like weird exchange, and then like Flitwick and Slughorn show up, and like they're they're all arguing, and then finally, this was the part that was weirdest to me. Like speaking of Darth Vader, like this 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 like Snape versus McGonagall fight could have mm -hmm. been and like even reading this awful chapter i was like oh this might be cool um because i'm you know i like these characters despite what this book is doing to them yeah almost like i feel like this should be like an emotional moment because because we've always enjoyed like snape and mcgonagall kind of have like this like friendly rivalry thing going on you know what i mean yeah i mean it's like if you think about these characters, like she was his teacher when he was in school. Mm -hmm. She knew him as a kid. And then they're both like strict teachers that had, that were like kind of frenemies. Right. Like they, 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 they have like a Quidditch based rivalry. And, mm -hmm. and I always got the sense. And like, you know, obviously this is reading too far into it probably now at this point now that we're, we're in book seven and this is how everything is coalescing but like the sense that i got was that mcgonagall and snape appeared to like truly hate each other because we saw their relationship through the eyes of harry who hates right. snape and assumes the worst of snape at all times um and doesn't really understand that like adult relationships are different from like relationships when you're a child right and like people yeah especially like co-workers can have very like you know like interesting relationships of circumstance right and also these are both adults who are like presumably because they are teachers having like meetings and like uh you know other interactions outside of harry's view that can't color his uh view of it right because Oh, and also, like, with their Quidditch rivalry, like, that is such a kid thing where it's, like, when you're 12 years old and playing in the big game, that's the biggest thing that's ever happened to you <laughs> right. in your life. And you see the teachers kind of engaging in it, too. But when you're a, you know, uh, like, adult teacher, you're watching a 12-year-old sports game. Right. <laughs> right. Like, like the, the, you're fighting over bragging rights, mo mostly. Right. Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, like, it's, it's probably on an even lower rung on like the emotional ladder than like i don't know like if the teachers were like pooling bets for the quidditch world cup right yeah like less important than that probably um and so th th for that kind of relationship to evolve into like an earnest uh hatred for each other because mcgonagall believes that snape really did kill dumbledore that could be super interesting um and to have for have them to have this kind of like grim from the uh, uh you know or, or i guess would be grim in retrospect because you know we eventually find out that like you know snape snape was you know not a murderer uh and 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 th this was dumbledore's plan all along but he had to act this part right and so like there's there's i was like oh going into this this could be a really cool moment like kind of just like the sad duel between like someone who doesn't and can't know versus someone who like can't say why they're dueling this person right like i want this scene to mean something um instead uh i guess snape casts a fire snake and mcgonagall casts uh oh it's actually before the duel but we should point out the triple patronus that she casts oh yeah uh, yeah uh and then um uh, uh like 
summons a suit of armor to fight for her and then snape is like well fuck this and runs out of a window like it's so it's so anticlimactic it is it is just completely emotionless yeah it, and it's like three moves and before snape is just like ah, okay and just leaves <laughs> like his heart's think, really think, not in it no and i think like the only thing cool about it is simply that i i think that what we're supposed to get is like they're good at magic. Yeah. And that's pretty cool, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, to its credit, they're not just flinging gun spell at each other. They're, there's at least a little bit of, like, last airbender, like, magic creativity stuff happening here, you know? Like, Although it does sort of beg the question why they're not just throwing gun spell at each other. <laughs> not Snape, because obviously Snape is, like, not a traitor, yeah. but McGonagall, like, literally used Imperio <laughs> yeah, she clearly in the last scene, so... Yeah, and she hates this guy. And this is, to, like, yeah. and, and, like, the scene after this, she says that she'll kill the Slytherin kids. <laughs> yes! So, yeah! I'm not sure why she's, like, doing this, like, this Avatar, like, bender duel. Right, yeah. And not just, and not just throwing the, like, unblockable gun spell killing yeah. curse in what she thinks is a fight to the death yeah yeah so snape snape clearly you know he doesn't want to kill mcgonagall so yeah he has a reason to leave but this 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 moment where he just like is like okay fuck this runs out the window and leaves a snape shaped hole <laughs> easily the funniest descriptor <laughs> in this whole series i We've got to talk about this. This is similar to like the 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 language in that run on sentence. Uh-huh. I there I I feel like I have to assume that she was this is like pithy and that this is figurative language. Sure, but I can't do that because nothing else in this chapter is that flowery and like whimsical and fun, right? <laughs> I I I can only imagine like a Looney Tunes style like person shaped <laughs> hole in this window. I mean, we've made that joke before, right? When the text doesn't just say that, <laughs> but in this case, in this text, it does just say that. It does just say there is a Snape shaped hole. I. <sighs> She just tweeted it out. <laughs> I I just can't. A no editor looked at this again. No, nobody had any input or oversight on this thing. She sat in that hotel room. She banged it out in in a weekend, and she was like, <laughs> "I am J.K. Rowling. I finished Harry Potter. Done." There's Take it or leave it. Snape-shaped hole in the window. Um, what kind of jump do you think he did? So that that is really the exciting part, right? Because if we're if we're picturing uh, like the Snape-shaped hole, uh, uh, there are so many interesting like poses that that could be in. <laughs> I know. Um, so I guess first of all, um. Because he's he's turning into like, or he's not turning into, but he, he's like going <laughs> bat mode here, right? Like he's, he's going flying mode, yeah. Which underrated follow up to the Snape shaped hole is them looking <laughs> through the Snape shaped hole, 
and seeing uh, 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 what looks like a giant bat flying away in the sun or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Which is also incredibly funny. Does that imply that he's flapping? I don't know. If, <laughs> like when I when I picture a bat flying, it's not very graceful. Right. So, so you know you know what I think. I think mm-hmm. what she means is he looks like Batman. <laughs> I, I think that that is actually what is being described here in that, like, his cloak is billowing out like a bat's wings and he's flying. <laughs> okay. But, like, I think J.K. Rowling watched Batman on it, you know, like, mm. like, like how every chapter has had some movie on in the background in HBO. Yeah. She watched Batman Begins and she was like, damn, it was fucking sick when he glided down from that building and his cape, right. his cape billowed out right. like that. Yeah, and and she's like, "Oh, like a bat. Snape looks like a bat when he's flying, because yeah, bat wings they flap pretty fast, right? When they're like, <laughs> yeah, and bats to me, when I see them, they sort of look like big bugs, yeah. right? Yeah. Like before you realize, because they're like, I don't know, they gotta keep a like big mouse body in the air, <laughs> right? Yeah, they." They're just they're chilling. They're uh they're 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 funny little they're bats are really cool. I love bats. I love bats. They are funny little guys. They are funny little guys. They got, they got funny little faces, they flap their wings really fast, they make like little funky crunchy noises and stuff. They're they're funny little guys. Um Yeah, they like sometimes run right into you and then you have to go get a rabies shot. <laughs> that hasn't happened to me. <laughs> but it does happen. They're very cute. Um, yeah. and, and like, I think the image of like cool bats, right. Uh, of like the, the, the magic, the evil dark majesty of bats, uh, is very much a like, 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 you know, like a medieval art of gargoyles with like big bat wings or like, um, yeah. Batman f- f- gliding with his cool cloak. But, but to just say he looked like a giant bat to me, <laughs> sounds like he's flapping. That is very funny he's to me. He's real fast. He's going like... <laughs> like he's just like making weird little noise like that's what it means that's what it says to me um right yeah i assume she meant he looks like batman because he's cool to that end i would say i imagine that the snape shaped hole is maybe like a graceful dive out the window perhaps mm. arms arms up legs together um okay what do you what do you think <laughs> i mean the problem is is that just from the description of him being a bat, I was picturing something extremely inelegant, <laughs> like a bat. So I was sort of picturing <laughs> right, like yeah. a spread eagle pose out of just, the window because he's like getting ready to flap. Yeah, so like legs apart, arms <laughs> up. Yeah. yeah. There's that piece of art we found on the Harry Potter lexicon. Yeah. Um, of uh, what he basically looked like the Juggalo uh, logo. <laughs> Uh, which yeah. is very funny. That's a good interpretation. I I mm-hmm. just Snape shaped hole. It's just I, I I get it. It's not. I don't think it's supposed to be literal. But like, I there's no non literal way for me to read it just because of like the framework of this chapter. Not using fun language like that for most of it is is uh, is yeah it does it doesn't i mean the the whole sequence of events is so funny, and then it's like the the snape shaped hole, and then they have a second where they're like, "Wait, did he just jump out the like did he just kill himself and McGonagall's like, "Oh no, he's learned some tricks from his master <laughs> he's learned <laughs> and he's some... flying like a bat he's it's fucking 
Oh my god. <laughs> oh no, I saw Snape's hole. Did he die? No. No, he's just flying. A normal thing. Ugh. Um so they decide, well, great, Snape's gone, now's the time to fight. Uh, Can we rewind and talk about the Triple Patronus? Oh, yes, so we don't yeah, miss we it? would be really remiss to not talk about Triple Patronus. Yeah, uh, it's just one line, because she, she's like, okay, time to summon the troops, which I guess is like the heads of house. And I think that they like kind of concoct a plan that appears to be like they're going to have the heads of house help the younger students, quote unquote, like get out so they don't have to battle. I don't know what the like age limit is of age. Like, are they so set- it's got to be like anyone who is under 17. Okay, so there's got to be like three kids who are 17, right? <laughs> it's got apparently it's going to be a lot because like we're we're going to have a huge battle. It's going to be a huge battle. Um, so so she like is going to summon the heads of houses, and it just says she marched toward the door, and as she did so, she raised her wand. From the tip burst three silver cats with spectacle markings around their eyes. The Patronuses ran sleekly ahead, filling the spiral staircase with silvery light. So if she had three wands, could she cast nine of them? Yeah. <laughs> I... Th- this is such a... I mean, so, so like, as, like, even in book six, and, and even five, honestly, the Patronus thing had been, like, run into the ground completely. Like, sure. no longer interesting, had been stripped of all, like, thematic weight and, like, interesting meaning. Um, but this one hurts, I think. Because mm-hmm. this one wastes what I imagine could be a really cool uh, moment, or, like, an interesting piece of character development. Because... I'm like thinking about the Patronus where it sort of like represents like, I don't know, like your, your animal self protecting you. Right. And it's like conjured from a good memory. And it's like, it's, it's you, it's you protect, like manifesting to protect yourself. Right. Like it's a, it's it's a very like self, um, self actualization metaphor type thing. Um, and the idea of someone having a Patronus that's, like, multiple things is actually really cool. Like, because, mm-hmm. like, what would that say about a character if we were in a in a universe where this book had any meaning at all anymore? Like, that, that like, and I, like, to me, that's just, like, oh, this person has, like, multiple identities, right? Like, mo- multiple reconciled I, like versions of themselves perhaps um mm-hmm. like like there's something so cool you can do with that similar to the way that like back, back when the patronuses were first introduced uh the patronuses were like it, honestly th- like it's funny to me that the um the common like fandom thing is like oh uh uh what is what would this character's patronus be what animal would it be and not like what memory what kind of memory would this character have that would let them cast a patronus right and that's like it's, i mean it, it is wild that this book has left that potential on the table it's free character development <laughs> like it like really is just like a free easy character writing to be like oh here's a magic spell that you have to know your you have to know yourself to cast basically right like you have to know what your happiest moment is and that mm-hmm. can be really fascinating stuff for a lot of characters. I would love to know what McGonagall's happiest memory is. Or, or on, a, on like a more abstract level, I would love for Harry to ask McGonagall 
what is it you think of the castle patronus and her giving him like a vague answer right like yeah so I mean, many he could fun be things. like whoa you have three patronuses you must have a really happy memory <laughs> and she could have like some funny comeback to that right like it, it, it could be great there's so many things you could do with that instead uh it's that she's writing three emails is the answer yeah <laughs> they are just emails though yeah they are they are literally just emails they they are um, and I think there was a because like I was going crazy about the uh, like, uh, over this because I was like, D- does this imply something that I'm just forgetting? Does this mean anything? And I like went on like Reddit and like you know poked around old Harry Potter fan site stuff to be like, yeah, hey, is there any answer for this? And I think the I think the correct one is the uh, um, the one that uh, uh uh someone on stack exchange gave which was just yeah it's because she's contacting three people so there's three patronuses which is such a boring answer and like such a like misuse of what the patronus is supposed to be why why wasn't there just a different email spell i don't understand why it's the patronus i understand the appeal of wanting to like have an email spell also like get to show what people's like patronus animal is because mm-hmm. i do think that that is like obvious i mean like that's such a huge part of the appeal of harry potter yeah. is like the personality test aspect yeah yeah but it just it meant something i think the the thing that really checked me out of the patronus thing was like when it also was the animal of the person you're in love with God, like i think yeah. that's like it sucks so bad yeah that's um, so lame so like Tonks having hers changed to a wolf and Snape's, Snape's being a doe. Being a doe. Yeah. I I, hate, I already hate that. But then to add this other level where it's like, oh, also they're just emails is so lame. And it's it's for no reason. Like there's no reason that McGonagall couldn't have like said to like a por- like a portrait on the like <laughs> yeah, right. Sir Cadogan. Sir Cadogan, go get Flitwick right. and Sprout. <laughs> Right. And he'd be like, and it's like, oh yeah, I remember him. Yeah. It's it's for no reason. God, why isn't it Circa Duggan? I miss that guy. I I just and I, I hate to like lore nitpick, but we also know that the Patronus emails can like travel over long distance. Yeah. At least at least from the ministry to the borough. Right. In instantly. Yep. Why are there owls? Yeah, I guess. I, presumably, Muggles can't see Patronuses either, right? I think. In fact, I think we learned that because. Um, yeah, Dudley can't. Dudley and and um, uh, uh, what's her name, Mrs. Fig couldn't couldn't describe Harry's Patronus because right. she's a uh, squib or whatever, or like that was the assumption that Umbridge had. I think. Um, yeah. So. It's like, and considering that the first book opens up with, there sure are a lot of fucking owls everywhere. Uh, <laughs> the, so Muggles, like, notice the wizard post. Um, uh, kind of weird that they don't just use the, the magic email that seems to be instant, uh, secure, and uh, uh, you can send as many as you like at once. And it doesn't require you housing a bunch of birds that crap everywhere in a building. I guess it's like getting a voicemail instead of like a text message, and then you have to like call them back. <laughs> You're getting really annoyed because your boss is sending you Patronuses after five. 
It's like I sent I sent you an owl. It's like um you know when you text someone and they start calling you, but like I sent an owl and you sent my your Patronus at me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just an escalation. Yeah, that your boss mm-hmm. can use to get you to do some more work over the weekend or whatever. Right. <laughs> Or I guess because like we we see what they're like from the Kingsley one uh, when he says that the ministry's fallen or whatever, and they like speak in the person's voice, so it really <laughs> yeah. is like a voicemail. But like if it if it's a conversation, is it like sending voice clips back and forth or something? Like, oh, can you can you like send your Patronus, but do they have to send theirs back, and then you can like just have a phone call? <laughs> can- if 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 you have to be thinking about your happiest memory to conjure it could is it possible to send an angry patronus like was kingsley like thinking about something really like like oh when i got my n64 that was the happiest ever like as the ministry was burning or whatever like i mean if if jk rowling actually was interested in any character work like i always was a big proponent of the idea of putting in like a dark i patronus. want the dark patronus i i want the like your worst memory the negative and energy it casts, like evil Patronus. yeah the bad vibes patronus i want that yeah yeah i super want that um but no uh the the, the she just it, the Similar to the triple spell thing, it it's uh, it's only there because it needs to be because she sent three emails at once. It means nothing. Oh. It has no bearing on the lore. It has n- nothing. <laughs> nope. Zip. Nothing. I also saw someone on that Stack Exchange thread that was like speculating that to send it in email form, you don't need to think about a happy memory. Like it's just like functionally completely different. So just because you're not because <sighs> you're not dealing with dementors, yeah, right? Right. So sending an email is different because you don't need that like power or whatever. <laughs> Which at that point, like you said earlier, just make it a different spell. Cause like that was the right. entire like thematic purpose of that spell. You got to be happy with to send it. Yet again, I just think that she's just like completely lost interest in this world. Yeah. She doesn't care. She doesn't care about the rules that she wrote for this place. Which is fine. Just like, don't just stop though. <laughs> Don't take it out on us. Um, can we talk about McGonagall threatening to murder children? Yeah. So Slughorn shows up and he's like kind of a good guy, but also he's a huge coward. And he's like, "Oh, I don't know. I don't know if we should do this." It also takes great lengths to remind us that he's fat and stupid yeah. and ugly and all that wonderful J.K. Rowling stuff. Thanks, Joe. Um, but so he is like, oh, I don't know, like, like fighting Voldemort, like that seems pretty dangerous, and and you know maybe we should call this off. And and McGonagall tells him, uh, it's time for Slytherin to choose where it stands. Uh, if you and your students aren't here in the plan room in twenty minutes, uh, we duel to kill. <laughs> and. <laughs> one why didn't she kill snape because apparently she doesn't duel the kill she <laughs> duels to have a cool snake spell happen um but the context of this argument is that he he she wants him slughorn to go and get the students to evacuate them and that's part right. of the plan 
Yeah. And and to say if 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 you're not back in 20 minutes, we duel the kill. Just is she just saying that like it is after 20 minutes, it is on site for anyone <laughs> in green robes. I will I will obliterate any child that stands in my way. <laughs> There will be no more murder in this castle. There will castle, be no except... more murder in this castle unless except if a if a 12-year-old Slytherin is here a minute late and then he will be <laughs> rocketed down that corridor like a ragdoll. I'm so confused about the scale of this conflict. I know we talk about this, but I'm like, okay, so they're evacuating everyone who's not of age, which I <laughs> which I think is 17 yes. uh in wizard wizard yeah. world. Um, how many 17 year old Slytherins are there that are like picking their, like choosing, choosing a side? <laughs> Malfoy's not at school. Right. Crab and Goyle are. Oh, they're in it. They love torture. So they're, lo- they love torture. So they're probably, probably outie. Yep. Um, Daphne Greengrass. It's time for Daphne Greengrass to make her choice. <laughs> I think she does. Isn't Daphne Greengrass the one that like all the fans say like, well, she's unaccounted for, so maybe she fought in the Battle of Hogwarts. Oh, maybe. I, is it, isn't it one of the Greengrasses who's like the one everyone latches on to? I thought the book specifically says that the Slytherins don't fight. And I only think that because all the people who self-identify as Slytherins in the fandom are like, wow, J.K. Rowling really betrayed us. Right, yeah. It's like, oh, they're guessing no good Slytherins, huh? It's like, well, kind of. But but just just the idea that like it is time it is time for these eleven year olds to make their fucking choice. Uh, uh and and we will we will shred them to pieces if they step out of line. It is just so not McGonagall, it is so bizarre in like on its face. It is not a badass thing for for McGonagall to say <laughs> here in like response to Slughorn. It's just all around. It is one of the craziest lines in the in the chapter, and, and and this is a pretty crazy chapter. I mean, it's just like in, in what is actually happen, happening a wild thing to say because really, what she's saying to Slughorn is that like, well, one, they're at a high school, right? And two, like, okay, evacuate the kids. Yeah, makes sense. It's the middle of the night. Get them up. Get them out. Yeah. Makes sense. So I'm not sure where this like I'm gonna kill them if they I'm don't get out in time comes from. If they if they if they don't if they don't comply. Also, um, I love that this 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 scene also has Harry arguing about McGonagall about the plan in general. Where yeah, he he's like, we've got to get everyone through the tunnel into the Hogshead, and McGonagall. Quite rightly, but also in a scene that is purely there for the audience, because the audience would also say this is that's fucking stupid. You're just going to send like 300 people through this tiny tunnel into a tiny bar uh, in a like town full of Death Eaters who are like on alert because they think Harry's there. Um, Right. Then Harry says, "Okay, but consider what if it isn't the stupid plan? (laughs) <laughs> and McGonagall says, actually, you know what? You're right. And just goes along with it. Just like completely unnecessary dialogue. <sighs> she makes a bunch of statues come to life in the meantime. She does. I didn't realize this was in the book. I thought that this was a movie special, but I was wrong. 
Um, and what a dispassionate, boring way it's described, too. And all along the corridor, the statues and suits of armor jumped down from their plinths, and from the echoing crashes from the floor above and below, Harry knew that their fellows throughout the castle had done the same. Also, there were animal ones. Clattering and yelling, the horde of moving statues stampeded past Harry. <laughs> it's a very funny image ah! that I'm reading it. Some of them smaller, others larger than life. <laughs> Whoa. There were animals, too. there were animals too (laughs) and the clanking suits of armor brandished swords and spiked balls on chains (laughs) it's like filler it's like come back and fix this later but it's just in here (laughs) and like this should be a really cool moment and like i guess the people people love the movie moment uh uh but it is Wow, it's there were animals too. There were animals too. There's also animals here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're also here. Not gonna describe any of them, what they're doing, what they look like they're gonna do, if they fight someone, just uh there were animals too. Um I'm picturing the um the like pig gargoyles from the uh sorcerer's stone playstation oh, game. Yeah. The like Dark Soul The soul Dark Souls boss, boss. Uh, yeah, that we have to strafe yeah. around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope no Slytherins are able to lock on and walk to the left. Because they're, <laughs> they're going to fuck those animal statues up. <laughs> if yeah. so. Um, God, there's so much in this fucking chapter. There's this scene where Percy shows up. And uh, uh, also Ginny shows up. Like, all the Weasleys show up. And it's like, it's like uh, here's, a, here's like just a... Uh, uh, blitz through a bunch of character development stuff where like Mm -hmm. Ginny shows up and she has an argument with her family like I want to fight and and they're like no you can't fight and then they finally agree okay you can stay here but stay in the room um, just in case any Slytherin kids need blasting if they show (laughs) up late Um, but the most like egregious thing is Percy shows up yeah and like this could be a cool moment um, I, I suppose if it was written with any care or like interest in the character at all. But basically what happens is Percy shows up. The other Weasleys are like, what? And he says, I'm on your <laughs> side now. And they go, okay. And that that's it. Like he just appears, says my character developed, uh, over there just out of frame. And they say, <laughs> well, good enough for me. And, and like, that's their big happy reunion. They, like, ask him, why, like, what made you change your mind? And he just says, it's been coming on for a while, but I had to find a way out. Like, he just says, like, oh, reasons oh, that I'm not going to explain. It's such a long and cool story. Uh, I'll tell it some other time. <laughs> uh, it's just, like, a lot of reasons, um, and we're kind of busy right Honestly, now. Honestly, the pay's not that great. Uh, my boss kept yelling at me. The, the Death Eaters, they, they file their papers in a different system than I'm used to. <laughs> It's, like, not a lot of vetting for, like, a guy who, like, joined the a Nazi government. A guy who could straight up be a spy, right? Like, like, like he is coming from Nazi headquarters. Right. And, and saying, hey, can I join? And they're like, <laughs> I don't know, are you a good guy? And he says, yes. And they're just like, well, good enough for us. Like... Oh, oh, what made you change your mind? Ah, oh, I'll tell you later. Uh, I'll th- I haven't thought of that part yet. <laughs> it was just like a whole lot of stuff was really not good, so. <laughs> and then while this is happening, Lupin is here 
doing the most obnoxious <laughs> like um mm, this is a little uh, this is a little awkward <sighs> turtle like it's it's so <laughs> like like percy is like staring his family down and like Ginny's arguing with them and like like this is all happening and lupin is just like so who wants to see baby pictures oh like <laughs> and i don't i don't know his shakespearean affect is just gone too yeah it it's, is like nowhere to be found i want to know what happened is it now that um uh uh i i i would assume that uh Fenrir is either dead or like in in Death Eater jail thinking about what he did, <laughs> how he fucked up. Um but without Fenrir around, has he like instead of going and doing Shakespeare in the park, is he like a MySpace guy now? Oh, maybe. Cuz he's just cuz he's just like, mm, oh, this is a little me thinks me thinks this is a tad too awkward for me. Perhaps I should take my leave. Ah. <laughs> time for me to be hitting the dusty trail okay just like really really out of character stuff for him it just like cuts back and forth to lupin like showing pictures of the blue-haired baby and then it like cuts back to percy being like oh hey fleur you're my sister-in-law now (laughs) right it's it's horrible and and the like the cherry on top here is that this lupin scene does exist for a reason but it's not character development. It's so that we think that Tonks is like in hiding because that's what he says. Like, oh, he, she's. Oh, is that why? Right. It's it, it's it's giving us info on like where Tonks is because she's gonna show up later, and I think Lupin it, like mid battle is gonna have some like b- my my wife my wife do do battle. Huh? My wife is here. But I protect wife. She- Oh, um, I, I like I think I think that that is the only reason this is really here, which is then, of course, a reason for us to be sad when Harry uh, walks into the Great Hall and finds out they both died. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is just death flags. This That's all yeah. this is. Is just being <laughs> able to like move the characters around. So we can be surprised when Tonks shows up. We can get the minimum amount of like bo- my wife. My my wife fight <laughs> girl, but me husband like we're gonna get that and then and then they're both gonna die and it's all gonna be right all, all yeah gonna be for nothing. <laughs> um, I mean, what also happens in this conversation is Harry's like, "Oh, where's Ron and Hermione?" and someone's like, oh, "I think in the bathroom." What does that mean? <laughs> what are we supposed to take away from this? Because because I was like. Oh, do they mean this ba- like the room of requirement bathroom? Like, did they find something in there? <laughs> Harry thinks that and, and is like, "Oh, nope, they're not in here." What? What could we possibly take this to mean? I I'll tell you the two phases that I had. First, when I read that, I was like, "Oh, they're fucking right." Oh, just and getting one in the before sec- the battle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought it was just like a joke like that, and I, but I'm like, that's weird. And then I realized that it, pro- and I have I have nothing to base this on. I don't remember the rest of this book. I assume that Hermione has like found a clue to the diadem or something, and it's like getting a ghost. Right, or she's I, like they're, so, they're probably going to related. the Chamber of Secrets bathroom to talk to Myrtle, maybe. Yeah, like something like that. I don't know. Yeah, that, it's just so weird. See, so my first thought was the first thought you have, which is that like, oh, they're making out in the bathroom 
or something. Yeah. It's just like a hee hee ha ha moment. Um, but, and then my second thought was, oh, the only other bathroom I can think of being uh, part of the story recently is in the last book where Hermione was super excited about like, oh, Harry, you get to use the same toilet I do now. <laughs> yeah. Because you're a Quidditch captain. Isn't that cool? We use the same toilet now. <laughs> and i was just like oh maybe she just wanted to pay her respects to this cool prefect toilet <laughs> like just i just want one last glimpse of the prefect's bathroom right with the cool bubble bath and the and the nice toilet oh girls oh, girls just like bathrooms so much they're always mm-hmm. in there doing their girl stuff yeah because like that was the that was the other connection right was it like when when harry came through the minecraft tunnel last chapter uh neville was like yeah uh we were just like living in our own filth until a girl showed up and was like i want a place to do makeup he he right like (laughs) (sighs) oh god what a fucking disaster this is this is one hell of a chapter that's for sure it's so good um this is really minor but i think it bears just like repeating and like you know just the like running theme in this chapter of like first draft language is the the appearance of Voldemort very ominously at the end where he's like on his way to Hogwarts and he has Nagini with him um and it says that he had do you have the exact quote he is looking through the high wrought iron gates with winged boars on pillars at either side, looking through the dark grounds toward the castle, which was ablaze with lights. Nagini lay draped over his shoulders. He was possessed of that cold, cruel sense of purpose that preceded murder. That cold, cruel sense of purpose that precedes murder that we all know and love. He's the villain. No fucking shit. He's here to do some murders. <laughs> like It's sort of been like his whole thing. His entire thing. The whole time. trying to kill Harry. Oh, he wants to do murder? Oh, now it's serious this is escalating it looked, oh no hey it's like harry is gonna be going to be like he's here also it doesn't look like that he's here to like talk <laughs> but that could you imagine though like that's that's a good action movie line you know like if if harry if harry like <laughs> saw him in the distance and instead of this he, uh, mcgonagall was like who is you know what is that and he says it's voldemort and it doesn't look like he's here to talk <laughs> doesn't look like he's here to sell girl scout cookies like right yeah, okay sure i get it like there's like he like Voldemort's here and he's serious but just like telling the audience oh he's here to do murder like yeah that's yep that's his thing that's like his he's thing the villain. yeah <laughs> i i'm really um bothered by and we touched on this like a little while ago about how like he hasn't had any interest in where his horcruxes are right um I'm really bothered that he's like not acting like a lich at all. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like what is his what is his thought process when he realized because he, sp- he we went through that whole thing about him slowly going to check the locket and then getting really <laughs> mad yeah. that it's not there. And I'm not sure like what his like frame of mind is now that he found that like all of his defenses have failed him to just like waltz into behind enemy lines with no. <laughs> Horcruxes. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not even that. To waltz into enemy lines with his last Horcrux that he, he he thinks that he has around his neck. Like his last very mortal Horcrux. <laughs> He's just like wearing it. I'm going to run it. Liches love to just wear their phylacteries around. I, yeah, th- this... Like, 
in a better story, you could make, and maybe even a character in the story would make a similar observation, and it would be like a character development thing, right? Like, you know, why, why didn't you just hide? And it's like, oh, I don't know. The villain, the villain has pride that like over overrode his like, you know, smarter faculties or whatever. But like, I don't think that's the case here because Voldemort is barely a character. Like, even at his best, Voldemort is a cartoon who just is the evil guy who likes to murder children. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. no characterful reason for him to, like, throw caution to the winds like that, right? It's just because this is a fantasy novel and we need a big showdown between the bad guy and the good guy at the end, and here he is. That It is so perfunctory. It is so just like, well, it's a fantasy novel, we need to have the two guys fight. Uh, so he's here. It sort of bothers me that, like, I thought it was really sort of silly that Voldemort couldn't feel or check on his horcruxes at all, and so he found out, like, super duper late that Harry was going after his one weak point. (laughs) But this makes way more sense if, like, he didn't know. If he's showing up thinking that he's invincible and he's not. Right, yeah, that's the other point. Yeah. Yeah, if, if... I mean, that was really the whole point of Dumbledore's plan, right? Was to, like, undermine Voldemort before you face him. Right. Uh, uh, now that, now that Voldemort knows that kind of doesn't matter anymore, um, honestly, like, it seems way more imperative that, uh, like, no one... Like, I, like, because this the whole time we've been wondering, like, why can't Harry tell anyone what his plan is? Um, and it sure seems like it would make a lot more sense if, uh, like, Harry could, like, tell people, hey, we need to find these things so we can kill Voldemort very quickly. Right? Like, like to give mm-hmm. people a vested reason to believe him, as opposed to all these fucking scenes where everyone's going like, what are you doing? Well, I'm working for Dumbledore. Tell me what you're doing, though. I can't. Why? Please help me. Help you do what? I can't tell you. Okay, Like, just these back and forths that go nowhere that, like, just end with those characters being frustrated and be like, well, I guess I'll do what you want me to uh, without knowing. Like, there's no unified front from, like, the protagonists here. That's like mm-hmm. interesting or like, and, and again, in a story that is about trust, like we were given a flag very early um, that Harry's whole deal. And when he was like getting pissy at Lupin for like getting on Hagrid's case was that like, if, if we let the enemy like get in our heads like this, then we've already lost. Right. Like if we start suspecting each other, then like that's, that's bad. That's gonna like like we are not gonna be able to work together for like all on tenderhooks, right? Um, which like seemed like w- that was an, a theme that was important enough that it like J.K. Rowling basically had to like Im- like embody Harry as a character to make him suddenly care about that. Like yeah. that was how much she wanted that theme to come across. Is that she gave it to him in a very out of character monologue, um, and that's just been forgotten, like. Harry is just a, a paranoid crank who won't tell anyone anything. Uh, and and there's no message of like, look, you've got to 
give a little. You've got to like trust people and 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 trust it. Like, hey, I need your help to find the wizards for you know the evil wizards phylacteries, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and trust that like they're not gonna blab because like you got to work together with these people. But like that story that seemed like the obvious place this was going with that very clumsy monologue is just like not there. It's not part of the story. I just, I also just don't think it's fun. Like it's no. not fun that it's a secret. Yeah. It doesn't do, it doesn't do, it doesn't create any interesting tensions. It doesn't create any like interesting moments. Um, uh, uh, it, it doesn't uh, like <laughs> say anything about. Harry. It also just doesn't seem like that much of privileged information when we are having a conversation in this chapter with Slughorn, who was the one who told Voldemort what Horcruxes <sighs> right. were. And Harry knows that Harry was after that information and gave it to him. And all, yeah, and also feels ashamed. Right, yeah, fuck. He should know. Slughorn knows. There's no way Slughorn can't put two and two together here. He, I mean, Slughorn has had to have known the whole time, right? Because Voldemort died and he didn't die. Right, and that's why he Oh, hid... and, he, and he's like, has been ashamed for like 40 years over this memory because he knows he did this. Yeah, it, it's, it's baffling that he is not aware. Also, on top of that, this is information that is like not so arcane that a high school didn't have it lying around in a book. Right. Like, it's in the restricted section, which, I, I mean, I guess you need, like, a teacher's note to get in there. But, like, that's common knowledge. That's it. That's, like, known archives. You can go You can go to Hogwarts and go to the library and go, oh, damn, what's a Horcrux? Like, it's not, this is not ancient knowledge. This is an ancient technology. This is something that, like, a book was written about that, like, the school has. So... It's kind of baffling that, like, nobody has even guessed that that might be what Voldemort's up to, even without any evidence, right? Or, like, the fact that he's back at all after seemingly dying didn't, why wouldn't... It's like, oh, he died and now he's back? Oh. I wonder why that could be. <laughs> I wonder I wonder what evil spell he used to do that. I guess we'll never know. Like, yeah, the God general damn populace it. could prop... <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, fuck. He used Horcruxes. It wasn't even just one book. It was like a whole fucking stack of books in Dumbledore's office that he like <sighs> confiscated from the high school. Yeah, there's, there's, which is fine in a school-sized story. <laughs> it's like, uh oh, the book we need is in the principal's Fuck. office. <laughs> I can't believe this. Oh my god, I hadn't even thought of the fucking. This is the one way that is known to to live forever. To like be to like to be evil, you can live forever. Ah, uh, the well, the one what thing is... that Dumbledore or not Dumbledore, Voldemort wants above anything else is to live forever. Also, he died once and came back to life. There's just no way to know how, how did he do it. How that could be. How did he fucking do it? Who? <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's feel it makes the world feel so small that like that's not a question we've heard anyone ask. Like, how did Voldemort come back to life? Everyone's just like, damn, Voldemort's back. That sucks. <laughs> What a joke. <laughs> this book, this chapter, this series, big jokes. 
Um, also, from like a practical standpoint, if Harry really is so committed to finding the diadem, it seems like it would actually, like if he's asking Flitwick, if he's asking McGonagall, it seems like it would be really helpful information to say that Voldemort had it while he was in school. Like, no, it's right. not. Yeah. Even if you can't say what it is for whatever reason, it's like, it's important. We need it to kill Voldemort. We know he came into contact with it while he was at school. So it has been recovered since, I don't know what year, year like that would have been, but <laughs> I don't know. That seems like it narrows it down at least. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. What if, um, is there any other, other like little details in this chapter you want to touch on or should we take a break? We've gone very long, but this is a deser- a deserving chapter. Oh. That really, really just snuck out of left field to to bonk me on the head here. I think that's probably it for me. Yeah, we could, we probably could keep on going, but like, this is a this is a nightmare labyrinth. We can't, we we can't, we can't get, we can't get twisted up in J.K. Rowling's tricks here. This is no. This is we 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 simply must defeat the evil and move on. So yeah, mm-hmm. so let's take a quick break and then we'll be back for a, a short little uh, third segment. Sounds good. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We are back from our holiday hiatus, and not much, as I said in the news segment, uh, not much really occurred Harry Potter news-wise, but we did miss uh, a few classic pieces of Harry Potter listicle culture. Mm. Um, Did you happen, did you, you, while you were on break, did you like, I mean like, you know, obviously we both kind of like idly check these things out, but like... Were, did did anything other than that cut article um like cross your peripheral vision uh while you were playing WoW like didn't like, the cut article come out like three weeks ago? It was like right as we started uh, our break. Yeah. Oh. It was it was like in the middle of that. Um, might have oh. even been like the day the last episode before the break came out. Uh, yeah. So may, maybe kind of a like big news dropping right as we finish thing yeah i just remember seeing it, it at work um yeah uh, so no i've been playing wow for 10 hours a day for okay. two weeks so, so no so, i haven't seen anything yeah nothing 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 really rose to the top but i did some digging and of course uh harry potter is, is forever harry potter is culture so there was plenty of stuff happening um and uh i've chosen three of the uh, uh silliest listicle things i could find um, but since we ran very long on this last chapter, um, I don't know how many we, we really have time for feasibly. So I'm going to offer you a choice here to start. Wonderful. With. Um, so our three articles that I have selected, the first one is from Wizarding World, the official Wizarding World website, uh, called, and this was, I would, I would just like to stress, this was published yesterday. <laughs> The Wizarding World characters that teach us to be positive. Oh my god. So there's that one. There's a big picture of smiling Hermione Granger at the top of this article. That's your first choice. 
Second choice. Albus Dumbledore's reading list. This is from MuggleNet. Uh, and this is a list of books that they think Albus Dumbledore might like. Mm. Third article. Maybe the best for last, but I, I, I honestly don't know. But this is a Screen Rant article. So you know it's going to be good. I love Screen Rant. Sonic the Hedgehog eventually became Harry Potter. Seriously. When was that published? Four days ago. Here's here's how I feel about these three. One, I always like to hear what the official Wizarding World account has to say, <laughs> just because I'm so I am always fascinated by like the brand and mm-hmm. the brand's like official reading of the text. Mm-hmm. Um, two, I don't really care about Dumbledore's reading list, mm-hmm. um, but I am interested in MuggleNet's post break from J.K. Rowling's like style, whether or not <laughs> right. like they have changed at all or if they just like made their statement and then just like carried on like normal <laughs> uh which is what i'm assuming um and screen rant that sounds wacky um but i i love screen rant like i love their editorial style yeah it sucks so bad let me let me let me give you a little hint or not a hint but like a, just a, just a little bit of context on the screen rant one mm-hmm. this is not an epic joke article Okay, because that was what I was worried about, but now I want to go with Screen Rant. You want to go with Screen Rants? Yeah, no, this is this is not this is not like a funny like memes like what if like like the, uh, they're both uh, I don't know they're they're both on the PS2 or whatever, right? Right. Like, a, it's not it's not like that. Um, this is critical analysis. Okay, I I love critical analysis. That's right. Okay, so we'll start with Sonic the Hedgehog here. Mm-hmm. Sonic the Hedgehog eventually became Harry Potter. Seriously. Sonic the Hedgehog. And then here, here, is, here is your big, here's a big reveal here. Okay. Sonic the Hedgehog from Archie Comics's mm. discontinued canon shares many simul- similarities with the wizard Harry Potter when he was a student at Hogwarts. Hmm. So this is not just Sonic the character in abstract. This is a specific iteration of Sonic. Okay. That is being compared to Harry Potter. Did you Wonderful. ever read the old Sonic comics? I did not. These were God. These I I I never followed them, but they were always. This this is a, a thing I think we've talked about before, but like it, it's so weird how, um, like easily accessible like video game merch is now. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Like the Target closest to me has like a nintendo stuff section right with like nintendo action figures and like wall hangings and like purses and 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 water bottles they just have like nintendo stuff which i would have gone ape shit over if i was a kid <laughs> yeah i i went on a fucking like epic quest when i was a kid to get all the like yoshi plushes because mm-hmm. there were those like yoshi bean plushes oh i remember those they were i think really i had cute. one and like i i got the yellow one first and then i discovered that there were like one of each of the colors in um yoshi's island and i was like i gotta get all these and i had i don't think i ever got all of them but i got the yellow one the red one the light blue one and then i think the green one and the green one was special because not only was it like a cute beanbag Yoshi, but it had 
the little um had like a little shitty voice box in it so when you squeezed it it made yoshi noises Mm -hmm. and like to me i was like this is this is so fucking cool like this is like rare rare video game stuff like video game toys did not exist for me really they were very hard to find um but archie comics the the sonic comics were like always at the store in like the grocery I mm. check out right mm-hmm. and so like i was always like oh i wish i was like a bigger sonic fan as a kid right. like look there's video game stuff there that's yeah. crazy they have a whole comic there why huh. does why isn't there like a mario comic at the checkout that i can buy yeah um so that's like my weird <laughs> weird connection to the archie sonic comics mm-hmm. just like no being jealous that like sega fans got that basically yeah for sure and now and now who's laughing now <laughs> me i guess <laughs> okay Sonic the Hedgehog never saved the Wizarding World from He Who Must Not Be Named, or before becoming an Auror, but in the discontinued continuity by Archie Comics, Sonic once found himself in a situation that shares many similarities to Harry Potter's early years at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, that it would be sacrilegious not to point them out. Sacrilegious to what? Sacrilegious not to point them sacrilegious out. Sacrilegious to... S- Harry Potter to Sonic. I'm God? actually not sh- <laughs> to God. God <laughs> will strike me down if I do not point out the, the, the similarities between Archie Comics' as Sonic uh, the Hedgehog and Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Written by Ken Penders, Ian Flynn, Michael Gallagher, Dan Slott, Carl Ballers, and Scott Fulop. Wow, that's a long list of comic writers. Most of the Sonic series involved the hero fighting alongside a band of young heroic critters called the Freedom Fighters against the evil Dr. Ivo Robotnik and then Dr. Eggman from an alternative reality. Oh, I thought Robotnik, I thought that was just like another name for Eggman. But there's two, okay, all right. I don't really know the Sonic lore. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I I like, I like the 2D Sonic games a lot. Uh, But I never, I've never been like into Sonic. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Ever since Robotnik took over the city of Metropolis, Sonic and his friends lived primitively and modestly in Not Whole Village, despite their advanced knowledge of technology and industry. But after a major shift in leadership comes in issue 94, Not Whole begins to change drastically, transforming into another bustling metropolis with hospitals, prisons, and a school where attendance was mandatory. Oh. Uh Uh-oh. I don't think Hogwarts is mandatory. I, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if like does the ministry come and check on you if you're not getting. No, I mean, doesn't it specifically say in in book seven that part of Voldemort's evil reign is that he made it mandatory? Oh, to that's go to right. Hogwarts? He made it compulsory. Right. Yeah. 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 That's the evil guy thinks. Okay, so I guess it's book seven. It's the like evil Hogwarts. Uh oh. Uh oh. Um. So as someone who is like not familiar with Sonic stuff, really. What would be your like guess as to like what like like what 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 could be the connection be here? I mean, I assume Sonic's going to technology school or something. He's gonna go to like tech. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna get an MBA. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, for the first time 
Sonic and his friends weren't spending their days fighting alongside or against Dr. Eggman and planning battle strategies. All that was all of that was now headed by the Secret Service. <laughs> what? Okay, there these I know Ken Pender's the Ken Pender's Sonic stuff is like infamous. Yeah. I, uh when I was at um uh, uh Comic-Con last year, mm-hmm. I did have the pleasure of seeing um like an original like pencils of one of these comics uh, signed by ken penders like on on like for sale on one of the tables and i thought i was like wow that's crazy that's a piece of like weird history yeah there um okay so the sonic the hedgehog world has a secret service instead sonic and his friends actually had to go to school much like harry potter and his peers similarly to how harry and his friends ron and hermione felt Sonic wasn't just content with going to school. He needed to be out saving the world from the sinister Dr. Eggman. Meanwhile, Harry, Ron, and Hermione felt compelled to play a major role in preventing Lord Voldemort from returning to the Wizarding World. Oh, you know what, then? This is evil Hogwarts. When they say attendance is mandatory, I think this is specifically Book 7 they're all talking about here. I have a a question, though. Is Sonic a child? I thought he was like an adult. Uh, I, I, I also thought that Sonic was an adult. I just kind of assumed, but like, well, no, I think it depends on the interpretation. Because like, when he was in the cartoon, when he was like voiced by the guy who plays Urkel, I think he was a kid in those, maybe. But I could be wrong. But like, he's definitely like adult. Like, like he has like a job and like a house and stuff, and like the boom cartoon i i i isn't have no he like idea. an ambiguous teen like he's obviously like supposed yeah. to be cool in a way that teens are to little kids but also there's like not parents around he's not a child that has right. to go to school right i guess i guess this is ken pender specific lore perhaps all right all right i i don't know i i sonic fans sound off or don't i have i seriously have no idea i mean he was sort of adopted in the sonic movie oh yeah yes like sort of like because he was like also sort of a weird animal also again kind of an adult in that yeah kind of an adult he has like adult like actor voice and I, I like it was almost more like he had like a surrogate brother by the yeah, end of that movie. I think that's that's more like it. But and it not, also was sort of like mom and dad. In, was the cop in Sonic his dad at the end? Sort of, like sort of. I, but sort of like um sort of like an adult adoption is how it felt like. <laughs> See, I, yeah, I, I kind of read it more as like Sonic needed a roommate. Yeah. And was, like, sad on And, like, own. a little bit of a caretaker, because he's, like, maybe 20. Yeah. He needs, he needs someone like to remind him hedgehog. that, like, the trash needs to go out on Tuesdays or whatever. Right. But I don't think he's, like, a... Ch- he's not a child. He's not going to school. Maybe the second Sonic movie will come out, and he'll be like, I'm going to, sc- I'm going to school. In- my adopted dad sent me to school. My adopted dad is sending me to school. I hope nothing crazy happens. Right. Uh-oh, the principal is here and he looks a lot like Eggman. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be great, actually. I'm 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 kind of on board with this now if if it means that like Jim Carrey has to like give like a school assembly speech as <laughs> in his like Eggman voice. Yeah, I love that. That would be pretty good. Um <laughs> Okay, let's 
sound off in the comments if you know whether Sonic is supposed to be a child in that movie or not. Is the cop his dad or his brother? I vote brother, but but I could I could be wrong. Um, but the similarities between Sonic and Harry Potter don't end there. In yet another stunning correlation, Sonic faced many obstacles that prevented him from saving the day while wait, in school. Wait, is the first correlation that they both went to school? They both went to wizard school, but also wanted to save the world. Okay, and the second is obstacles? Yeah, he faced many obstacles that prevented him from saving the day while in school, despite him being more than capable. Sometimes, adults just shoved him aside. Like when Sonic's Uncle Chuck reprogrammed a robot to send Sonic a message in Knothole while undercover in Robotropolis. Who is un- Sonic's Uncle Chuck? I need to see who this guy is. I think that there's obstacles oh in a lot of god. fiction. <laughs> oh my god! Send Uncle Chuck to me. Uncle Chuck is Sonic but with a big mustache. <laughs> That's right. Wow. This fucking rules, actually. I, I like love... his unibrow. I mean, I love that he has a unibrow because Sonic has like a uni eye. Uncle Chuck. I did not realize that this was like a because st- this isn't even Ken Pender stuff. This is this no. is this is the cartoon. This is cartoon Uncle Chuck. Oh cartoon- yeah. Huh. Look at them. He's like a lighter blue, too. Sonic is taller than his Uncle Chuck, uh, which is must be a little embarrassing for him. Wow, there's, there's like, Uncle Chuck fan art. He's in, yeah, Sonic Underground is the co- cartoon this is from. Hmm. Wow, there's so many different artistic I ho- interpretations. I hope that Uncle Chuck shows up in the, in the second movie. Oh, who plays Uncle Chuck? <laughs> Do we get like uh, I don't know Steve Carell, Uncle Chuck? Do we get yeah? Like oh, there's so many so many possibilities here that un- they should put Uncle Chuck in. in I like in the, the second or uh, this third one that you sent me. It's cute. Yeah, he's a little more stylized. I'm here. not sure what's going on with Sonic's eyebrows, but yeah, ooh, it's a little disturbing. They look like worms underneath his skin. Yeah. Yeah, wow, I just, I did not know. Oh, I found a Ken Penders one. Okay, he looks more like, um, oh dear, he looks kind of like Heimerdinger from League in this Uh-oh. one. Uh-oh, uh He's got kind of like a weird headset on. Uh, he's got even, an even bushier mustache here. Send me, me, send me the Penders check. Here's Penders check. Oh yeah, that's Heimerdinger. Oh, <laughs> I found evil Uncle Chuck. Oh There's no! Like, he's like a robot, or maybe he's not evil, but he's been turned into like a robot in this one. He's got robot eyes. He's like, he's like, oh wow! I'm learning a lot of Sonic oh, lore here. No. Oh, I hope Uncle Chuck is okay. I, I hope that. I mean, that's just like a duplicate, right? I hope that Sonic is not prejudiced against the robot Uncle Chuck. I hope that. I hope that this is. I, I again, I've not seen enough of the cartoon to know where this is where this is was going, but this sure seems like a, oh no, my uncle's a robot. I can't trust him. And then they learn oh, maybe yeah. that's what happens in the movie. The, the live action movie is that the Uncle Chuck appears and then Robotnik turns him into a robot and Sonic's like, I can't trust you, you're a robot. But then Uncle Chuck is like, Well, my adult son, my my adult nephew, I need to reach out to him and prove to him that as a robot even though I've got like scary drone eyes, I'm still I'm still Uncle Chuck. Um, are so Sonic's species hedgehog, he, right? But like not head, not like normal hedgehogs. Right. He's like alien hedgehog. Alien hedgehog from that planet where the owl was his mom. Yeah, are they all fast, or is it just Sonic's like special fast power? 
Um, like, is Uncle Chuck really fast? <laughs> I don't know. Or is that like, oh, this is my nephew Sonic. He's really fast. Sir Charles Hedgehog is his name, also known as Uncle Chuck. Uh, That's how I know him. <laughs> Sir Charles he- Hedgehog. I'm look- I'm looking to see if there's like a powers section. Alignment. Good. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Affiliation. Dr. Robotnik, formerly. Freedom oh, Fighters. Uh-oh. Likes. Sonic. Dislikes Robotnik. <laughs> oh, here we go. Skills. Genius level intellect. Heimerdinger. Construction and piloting of machines. So nothing about speed here. Okay. So I think it's Sonic's... I think Sonic might just be uniquely gifted. Okay. Perhaps. Uncle Chuck. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess, honestly, it's more like Heimerdinger is Uncle Chuck. Because this is from, like, mm-hmm. 96. So. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, there's a picture here of Chuck being roboticized by Dr. Robotnik. That's horrible. That's so sad. That's so sad for him. Chuck is a highly intellectual and clever person and an outstanding knight, which he gains the honor, which gains him the honorary title of of Sir by the King. <laughs> he is very devoted to his family, especially his nephew Sonic. Uh, he is a humanitarian who only wants his intellectual potential to make inventions that serve the greater good. It is for this reason that he dislikes people that use inventions for evil purposes. Oh, yeah. So he's kind of the anti-robotic. Yeah. He's the Dr. Light to the Dr. Wily. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, Cool. Okay. Well, that's... I'm thrilled to learn about Uncle Chuck. The Uncle Chuck Stan account here now. (laughs) Big fan. Uh... Despite Uncle Chuck addressing the message to Sonic, the Secret Service forced him to go back to class instead of help uh, help him. This mirrors how Harry's professors reacted after he and Ron saved Hermione from a mountain troll that was wreaking havoc in the girls' mm. lavatory. Oh, okay, so no, never mind. This is not talking specifically about Book 7. This is just all Harry Potter. But the most important thing of all, Sonic wasn't allowed to leave the village to participate in any dangerous missions. <laughs> So Sonic would have to wait until nightfall to sleep, sneak out. This is just like how Ron, Harry, and Hermione would slip out of the Gryffindor common room to snoop around the castle. What saved them from getting caught was the Cloak of Invisibility that does just what the title suggests. Uh, unfortunately, Sonic had never had such a useful artifact at his disposal. Instead, Sonic disguised himself by creating a caped outfit that looked like a cross between what a superhero and a ninja would wear. The main difference between Sonic and three magical children, however, is that while Harry, Ron, and Hermione faced strict curfews, mostly on account of them being students, Sonic's predicament was a mixture of that and punishment for stealing the Sword of Acorn to help restore the free will of his roboticized the Uncle Chuck. The oh, Sword Uncle Chuck, of Acorn. The Sword of Acorn. So Uncle Chuck has returned here. Uncle Chuck is a big character here. I don't think these stories are similar at all outside of uh, genre and tropes. <laughs> having having uh, themes, characters, and facts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm identifying some themes yeah. and some facts. <laughs> so Sonic the Hedgehog never possessed the fragmented soul of a wizard who once tried to kill him as a baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, though a powerful wizard known as Ixis Naugus has tried to murder Sonic on numerous occasions. <laughs> Hold on, I want to check this guy out. He sounds cool. Oh, this guy is cool. Look at this dude. 
Look at this cool wizard. Oh, yeah. Is he he's, a bat or like a gargoyle or something? He's, yeah, he's he's something. He's got like a, maybe a crab claw or the person got he's, sick of drawing hands. I can't really tell. Oh, there's there are just as many interpretations of of. Oh, he of does Ixis. have a crab claw. He has a crab claw, a robot crab claw. That's great. Oh, he's a lobster one time. Oh, shit. Species, he's a, oh, I have his, he, here is his species. He is a rhino bat lobster hybrid. <laughs> That's fucking cool. Oh, get a load of this guy. But this is a Sonic podcast now. This guy's cool. Wait, did you scroll down to the section called Possession and it's just uh, <laughs> no, his mut- his mutations worsening and the illustration like rules a Pos- lot. Possession. World Tour Saga, Chasing the Crown, Genesis and Aftermath. <laughs> Ixis research possession. Holy fuck, that's cool. Right? That's like a metal album cover. That's badass. That's sick. I didn't know Sonic was so badass. Yeah, I didn't know Sonic was cool. I mean, like I knew Sonic was cool, but like I didn't I didn't know that there was a there was a uh uh you know a wizard named Ixis who was like a cool crab monster. A hooded version of himself on horseback is one of the antagonists in a bedtime story. This was a reference to the Nazgul from the Lord of the Rings. Cool. <laughs> Fuck yes. I'm into this. Wow. Ixus this is Na- cute. Ixus Nalgus. I'm into This is good. This reminds me of Neopets lore, honestly. Yeah, yeah. This is... This he is... kind of looks like King Daragon, who's like a big, yeah. or like overgrown Corbat from Neopets. Yeah, this guy is, his, his alignment is evil, his affiliation is the Order of Ixis and the Kingdom of Acorn. He likes power. He yeah. dislikes Dr. Eggman. Oh, but he also dislikes the Freedom Fighter, so he's kind of like, he's the big bad. That's Maybe, cool. Perhaps, I like this guy. Yeah, perhaps Dr. Eggman and the Freedom Fighters have to team up to fight this guy sometime. Yeah, Maybe. Know. Um, anyway, back to the article. Uh, a wizard known as Ixus Nalgus has tri- tried to murder Sonic on numerous occasions. Regardless, he and Harry Potter are both heroes whose status as students greatly hindered their ability to save the world from great evils. Again, this is sort of a genre trope thing. Yeah, your characters do be having obstacles keeping them from doing what they want sometimes. <laughs> That is that is a thing that happens, um, uh, but you know what? Uh, I'm gonna let this slide because this article has introduced me to two characters I am now gonna be obsessed with for the next week, which is Ixus Nalgus and Uncle Chuck. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe we'll just read the Sonic uh, wiki <laughs> from time to time. <laughs> And once we finished, we finished uh, 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 Cursed Child, then we will move on to the Archie Sonic comics. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible! Wow. I so I guess I was right to be kind of jealous of uh, of the Sonic fans when I was a kid and I saw their their cool video game comic. Because maybe you should have like, just picked up some comics. I could should have just picked up some comics and I could have learned. Wait, look at this picture. This here's a cool little detail I just discovered. So you know how he's got like that beard in all those yeah. pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like it's kind of a little detached. And like, yeah. look at him here. It's like he's he's like got oh. like a bat like a bat head under the beard. And it, maybe it's not a beard. And it's like it just looks like one when he's facing forward. 
This guy is very cool. This is a cool character. We like Ixis. I like like every different iteration of him too. Like there's so many different styles of yeah. illustrations for this character. I'm becoming a Sonic Stan like live. <laughs> we're, we're becoming we're becoming Sonic pilled live on air. Here. <laughs> I I always like see all the like the people that really enjoy doing the fan art and stuff, and I'm like I just don't get it. I don't get it. Now I get it. Yeah, he's cool. There's a cool wizard who's like a bat lobster, and there's a robot named Uncle Chuck. That's cool. Yeah, there's a sword. Yeah, undeniably cool stuff happening here. Mm -hmm. His beard is actually not a beard. It just looks like creative character design here. Mm -hmm. I like it. I, you know, I, I think the last Sonic game I played was Sonic Mania, which is fun, but I, yeah. I, I, I gotta hand it to, to them. This is, it looks like there's some deep lore that they could be tapping into that they don't. Yeah, some good shit. <laughs> well, thank you to Screen Rant for, uh, 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 for discovering tropes. Yeah, for discovering Congratulations, tropes. Congratulations, you guys. Incredible. There's another website that they might be competing with, though, if they, uh. If they uh, go down uh-oh. that road, you know. Um, so, hmm. Um, but I'm, but, but I, I'm, I'm thankful to them for introducing us to Uncle Chuck and Ixis. Very cool mm-hmm. stuff. Was okay. that it? That's it. That's the article. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was that was their. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to do you want to do another one, or shall we just think about Ixis for a bit? I think I'm just going to think about that for yeah. the Let's rest of the sit, day. We'll sit with that and think about Ixis. He's very yeah. cool. He's, yeah. got a, he's got a lobster claw. Sure does. All right. Uh, this has been a delightful return. Uh, I've had a very good time discussing this absolutely bonkers chapter. Mm-hmm. But it's probably time for us to take it to the close. What do you say? Yeah. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can check them out on Bandcamp, and you can check us out at patreon.com slash streetcast. We're back on the common room wagon. We just uh, uh, recorded one of those today as well. We've got tons of other uh, episodes, other books we've read, other movies we've seen, etc. Just shooting the shit, talking about soda all the time on there. Uh, Lots and lots of bonus content for you there. Uh, And Liz, what are we going to read next week? I I can't even believe it. It's here. It's time. It's here. Uh, we're reading chapter 31, The Battle of Hogwarts. The Battle of Hogwarts. It's happening. Um, the chapter illustration appears to be a ghost. So I guess this is where they're cramming in the ghost chapter stuff. I guess I so. Do you, what? Um, I can't remember the anniversary because I know we always do a big joke when the anniversary of the battle happens. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because um, that was when um, J.K. Rowling would usually apologize for uh, character death. Yeah, and then we had to start doing it. Right, yeah. May 2nd. May 2nd, okay. So we're ahead. Yeah, well, we'll. it will be May very soon. International um, Harry Potter Day. Oh, right. It's like a whole thing, too. I um, love a big battle. I, I, you know what? Um... Over our over the break, I watched. I, I like did my yearly rewatch of like I told you I was in like a Star Wars mood, right? And mm-hmm. I, like, I did I did my Star Wars movies rewatches, um, and I did uh, the classic Christmas Lord of the Rings rewatch. I gotta say, I do like a big battle sometimes. Oh sure, but uh, but I'm not. Somehow, I'm getting the feeling that um, 
nothing in the Battle of Hogwarts is going to be uh, anywhere near as cool that anything happens in in Lord of the Rings somehow. Do you, do you have any favorite like book battles? Um, I mean, like it's it, like in Lord of the Rings, I really like Helm's Deep and Pelennor Fields. Uh, okay. Um. Uh. I I feel like that's something because the thing is, it's it's more difficult with books. I feel because I I've read a lot of books that are just like the entire book is like about a battle, right? But like, it's not really like it's not a battle. It's scene. not a battle scene, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think like, Game of Thrones has a few good ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the Game of Thrones show has one of my favorite battle scenes in the first season, where they just like the character, the POV character, gets bonked on the head and doesn't see it, so they don't have to film <laughs> it. Which yeah. I've always thought is like very clever and funny. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I like I like a good battle. I just normally if we're doing a battle. I like it to be between two factions who I have a vested interest in, um, mm. and and perhaps with some characters who I like. I will say that when I was like ten and reading all the Redwall books, um, oh, the Red the, Wall, the Redwall yeah. battle formula like worked on ten year old me literally every single time, which was that they would get into the big battle. Oh no, we're pinned down. Oh no, we're outnumbered. Oh no, the side character died, and then like allies show up to save the day and it like worked every single it's time cool as hell look nothing is cooler than than feeling like battle is over and then hearing, all hope is lost all hope is lost and then you hear from far away <laughs> and and your your uh allies are here just in time to charge the flank and yeah. and run off our foes. It's the long patrol. They're here. Yeah. And they God. brought a badger with a mace. <laughs> Redwall does have good fucking battles. <laughs> that's that's a good I should have thought of that. Um I like Nar- Narnia has some good battles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like flying horses and stuff. Fuck yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll 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 see <laughs> how all those battles stack up against the Battle of Hogwarts next uh-huh. week but until then hey we've just given a lot of suggestions please <laughs> read another book please read another book to the dream but there's a lady here that makes ocean raw seem tame but i know what you're after if you catch a eye because this hot mama is just a cat in disguise